0: 620 CKRM is proud to be your official voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports show anywhere. It's a new era for sports talk in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball.
1: Live from Huntington Beach, California, the sports cage is out of the cage and on the road as we are in California with the first annual CAA Sports Cage Extravaganza. And we've got a bunch of listeners from Regina and surrounding area and Saskatoon and surrounding area joining us here as uh, it's officially day number one of the trip. Well, we had day number one was our travel day, but... uh Man, we kicked it off in fine style, Zinger, didn't we? We went to SoFi Stadium. What did you think of that, man? Already
2: tired, ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That was fun. Like we literally got off the plane yesterday and went straight to SoFi Stadium. Mm-hmm. Went on the tour, and uh, we got to throw the pigskin around out there on the field. It was. It was. Uh... I
1: will say this. You know what shocked me?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now. No, I don't. No.
1: Here's a question. Do you think those were the real? Uh, dressing rooms do you think those were the real
2: rams and chargers dressing yes, rooms? yes they're the real dressing rooms and i was saying this to you in the stadium i mean they're not going to be too over the top fancy because when you think of it these football teams are only in those locker rooms for three or four hours on game day like throughout the week they're gonna true be, they're gonna be practicing at their practice facility wherever yeah. that is those facilities those locker rooms i'm sure are over the top nice, but the ones that you're just in and out of on game day, I mean.
1: Makes, they, that's a good point because the Riders use it all the, yeah. all the way around through the season. Cause I will tell you this right now, the Riders locker room is nicer than the Super Bowl champion Rams locker room. Yeah. And I was shocked. The Chargers who rent the stadium from Stan Kroenke, the owner of the stadium, uh, and his team, the Rams, like they're the renters. Mm-hmm. And their, 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 uh, dressing room was way nicer than the Rams. Yeah, I they thought. had,
2: they had, uh, some nice art on the wall. Remember yeah. in the Chargers locker room? It's just, yeah. Los Angeles Chargers and that nice deckler, whatever yeah. you want to call it, and yeah. you go in the Rams locker room. There was nothing in there. It was, that's what I
1: said. This Even their real
2: locker room. It was gloomy.
1: It was kind of for a it's Super Bowl yeah, champion. The,
2: the light was down yeah. and everything. What was happening? Yeah, I,
1: I didn't get I that. I got huh? out of there real quick. I forgot to take a picture of Aaron Donald. I, uh, I took a picture. Did you? Yeah. Send me that because I yes. took it's on Facebook. I took,
2: oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I took Matthew Stafford. I thought it was. You know what else struck me? Which is very interesting when you're on because we're going to be there on Thursday night and we're going to be there on Sunday night. Um, uh, the lights, it's hard to track the ball. Oh. Like all our listeners were over kicking field goals, and you and I, what well, you did, Zinger Light, folks, is the best. So the listeners have all done their kicks, okay? Uh, we got Cal from Kincaid and Jerry and Garnet. So Zinger lines his up. He's got the, he's got the, he doesn't even have the real kicking. He's got an orange kicking tee that you use on a kickoff, right? Yeah. Zinger paces back five steps, takes three steps to the right. Hey, Ballsy, film this for me. Yeah, I got you, Zinger. Zinger lines up. He begins his approach. He kicks it. It is a sidewinding, flipping kick that I had to duck, and I was standing at the five-yard line. like you. And that was like a 20-yard kick, man. See, see
2: the key to that is he, my goal going into that kick was, I want to look like a kicker here. I want to look... Uh-huh. Perfect. I want to do the, the perfect step back, well, all the steps, and then everyone kind of was like perking up, like, oh, this guy's an actual kicker. Like, look at his yeah. movements here. Yeah. I, I even did the before I kicked, I even did the little, the little like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, foot up movement. Yeah, doing your calf raise. Yeah, my, I did a little calf raise, so everyone was probably all perked yeah. up before mm. my kick. Mm. Ra- I, I approached the ball good. Yeah. And then from there, everyone was just like, yeah, shot it over there. Yeah,
1: yeah it's good. Um, I also, it, the one other thing too is how the, to track the ball and the lights. When you think about those guys, they're going full speed. They got DBs covering them. Linebackers going to take their heads off and you see the ball. Cause you and I, we went off to the side. We were throwing it around like we were Justin Herbert and Matthew Stafford, right? We're both feeling yeah. it today, yeah. right? But. You you see the ball, you see
2: the ball, and then you don't see the ball. And then you see it at the last second again. You would think, you know, with all these innovations these brand-new stadiums have, you would think that they would find a way to limit Mm. that problem of having lights in your eyes for the players on the field because that's clearly a thing that they deal with. I mean, I'm, I'm just... I'm a hillbilly hack who was just out there trying to catch catch some balls. I was dealing with it. So obviously, like Odell Beckham, those guys who play on the Rams, whoever... Yeah. Keenan Allen, they deal with it. So that's
1: that. That was the site of this past January Super Bowl. It's also going to be hosting World Cup events. The World Cup Finals here in 2026, when
2: Canada and Mexico and the United States share the event. Yeah, uh, they say that it's. Uh, they might have it at SoFi yeah. Stadium, but uh, uh, Jerry's World in Arlington, Texas, is also another stadium that's in the running. for Well,
1: and here the problem they have here is it has to be played the on dimensions. a natural service, yeah. so they have to take out the 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 turf and bring in grass at a cost of $11 million, which is like when you've been in that stadium, that's like taking Chris White's or Stan Kronke's, uh Chris White our sales rep who's here, or or Stan Kroenke's couch and tipping it over and just dumping the money out and saying, okay, we'll pay for the grass. Like It's amazing. Like when you walk in, the- listen, the Riders have a nice stadium. Like we have a nice stadium. There's nothing wrong with our stadium. It's a good old fashioned uh, is state of the art stadium. This thing is, uh, it looks like a space it is a spaceship. Like, we were in Stan Kroenke's owner's box. Mm-hmm.
2: That thing is off the charts. And the video board is worth $1 billion. And if you think about it, our stadium costs about $280 million Canadian to make. So if you think about it, just take like a quarter of that. Not even
1: a tenth. A tenth of it. A tenth
2: of that of that video board at SoFi Stadium cost just as much or more than our whole stadium in, in Virginia. What did they say they
1: had? They had 2,500 TV screens in the whole stadium. Yeah. 3,000 fans. Like, not fans. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking fans over your head. Yeah. Um, it 19 pro shops. So, on Thursday, they've got the Rams game here with the Raiders, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But they've got 19 pro shops,
2: and once that game's over, boom, they flip it over for Sunday for the Chargers, 19 pro shops. Yeah, they have, like, 3,000 workers that, like... <laughs> work on a daily basis in the stadium, too, that the person was saying.
1: 3000 yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And I think SoFi spent... Thirty million dollars a year for twenty years to have the naming rights to that stadium, yep. and a total cashless thing. Mm-hmm. Which is good for me because I just live on plastic
2: anyway. Did you? It, <laughs> kind of, I kind of felt like I didn't belong in the stadium. Yeah, I did
1: too. It, it's kind of, It, <laughs> it, it <laughs> you know kind of I mean? likens, it, like I liken it to, uh, like the new mosaic with regards to the old Taylor Field. Like the old Taylor Field was like I grew up in Glen Caron. You didn't, yeah. you didn't care if you dropped a cigarette on the gr- on the ground or you, you at the end of the night. You you put a hole in the wall. It was a party, right? Yeah. You go to was- you go to that one there at the mosaic. It's like you're in Wascan if you, right? You don't want, nobody wants to wreck anything. Same thing here. It's like I didn't even I didn't belong. I was way out of my league there. Yeah,
2: so. I was weird, man.
1: And it's kind of it didn't even feel like a football stadium. It, did, it didn't
2: actually. So it's going to be. But I'm really
1: looking forward to when that big screen you talked about yeah. is put on, and I want to see how far we actually are because we are up high. Like we're, we're, up we're up in high. the 500 level, which is the highest level you can go. But uh, it looks like it'd still be good sightlines. I don't know. You've been to way
2: more NFL games than me. Are we still going to be able to see the game, or are we going to have to watch the game on the big screen? No, we'll be able, like we'll be able to see the like. Everyone on this trip knows their football. They know they know what's going on. As long as you know the game of football, you'll be able to tell what's going on out there.
1: Everybody's having fun. They had a great time out there uh, yeah. and we're uh, one woman, one guy are going to win a jersey either a Charger or Rams jersey with their field goal uh you won't cuz you didn't even get close to making yeah, it. I
2: thought we were doing. Our well, wrestling. what he's doing is is he's he he put a draw in for everybody. Oh, I so. think I deserve to win after that my kick. Oh. <laughs> (laughs)
1: The way you look, but before the kick. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the goings-on in the world of sports here. This show is brought to you by, live from L.A., Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. You can always text us, too, on our text line. It's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, the number one GM dealership in the province. And... The Western Pizza Hotline, all our guests, and we have a few of them as the show rolls along. First one on deck here in about uh, 15 minutes or so is Logan Ferland. You are listening to The Sports Cage live from Huntington Beach, California on
0: 620. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is The Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Coming to you
1: live from Huntington Beach, California, the CAA first annual sports cage trip, as we've got uh, over 50 listeners with us, some from Regina and surrounding area, some from Saskatoon, and they're already asking what we're going to do next year. Can we get through this year first? It's uh, it's going to be great. We're taking in our first game tonight. It's going to be the Anaheim Ducks and the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, our clutch performance is brought to you by our friends at Nick Service in Emerald Park. Thanks to them for getting on board. Uh, your local Massey Ferguson, challenger rogator gleaner and fent dealer well tom brady led his 44th fourth quarter comeback to propel the buccaneers past the saints uh he was screaming on the sideline zinger but uh, tell you what he leads them back a 13 point deficit with 5 21 to play and they come back and win the game 17 16 on monday night football uh, how do you feel about uh like you probably don't like Brady, I get it. But how do you feel about him yelling? Do you think that's he was freaking out on his guys on the sidelines because he's the goat he gets away with I it? Gu- or?
2: I guess because remember, like earlier this year, Rodgers raised his voice barely and he got like tossed around in the media, saying he was a bad teammate again. So yeah, it's like Brady's the only one that can do that type of thing and get away with it. I guess if he wins seven Super Bowls, he can do there, that. I guess you know, people.
1: Are, there's <laughs> been did. there's been rumors about. Uh, uh him going to San Francisco after this year back to cuz that's where his favorite quarterback quarterback Joe Montana uh but I read something where there's a good bet Tom Brady goes back to the Patriots and wraps it up in his last year next year he's he went back to um to the wedding of uh, the owner Robert Kraft uh apparently the last time the Bucks and the Patriots played him and uh, Belichick, had a, they got a private room in the stadium and sat for like 20, 25 minutes to air out their differences. They got good running backs. They get some pretty good receivers. They got a good tight end. So uh, he may go back there for yeah, to wrap it all up, maybe. man.
2: I'm, I'm thinking if, if you're Tom Brady, what would motivate you, though, to want to, to go back there and play one more year? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he, he has talked about coming to the CFL. Riders need a quarterback. They do need a quarterback. You and don't that? you think
1: that would be the place to count? Forty-six-year-old Tom Brady. He he'd get booed out of here, though. If Ronnie got booed out of here, he'd get booed out of here. Um, speaking of the NFL, Baker Mayfield. We might get the in an odd twist. We might get to see Baker Mayfield play for the LA Rams. Can he really walk
2: in here and just play quarterback? Uh, well, he barely plays quarterback right now. I know. Playing. Who's
1: our guy now? Wolford. John Wolford, I think, is his name for the Rams.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, there were some talks some other teams were going to pick up Mayfield, but since the Rams are so bad. Well, they're the year, worst, and... so they get the first crack at it. Because They were one of the, the first teams, yeah. Where the
1: 49ers get him with the Garoppolo breaking his foot. They, got, a, they got Purdy now.
2: Yeah, they're, they're irrelevant.
1: Yeah, he was the last guy in the draft. So there's something there. There is there is a championship team. They have a great defense. They've got some great weapons on offense, and now their quarterback is done. So you'd have to think they're done. So Niners? Yeah. Hmm. Wouldn't you like Brock Purdy's not winning the thing? Yeah, Come on. I mean, yeah, like They, they signed I, I Josh guess. Johnson, who's, who's bounced around all these teams. So let's take a look at the NFC right now. Who are you going, who's going to beat the Dallas Cowboys? The Dallas Cowboys, the Minnesota Vikings are a good team. Uh, but although cousins, if the games aren't played at night, I guess, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but who, else? Tampa Bay could very well get back there again. Philadelphia Eagles and the Eagles, but I've, are you buying the Eagles? I mean, it's hard to say you wouldn't buy the Eagles because they have a great record, but I mean, I don't know.
2: I I, I have a tough time. Like well, it's it's the same old story with the Cowboys. So every year, it's it's like it's like Groundhog Day with that organization. Mm-hmm. The, this is the time of year when everyone's like, "How about them Cowboys?" Mm-hmm. And then it's like a circle. It wraps around. Okay, disappointment, and then it goes. We'll see next year. Oh. Yeah, I think we have something, and then it goes. How about them Cowboys?
1: Yeah, and it's the same thing. <laughs> Looks like Odell Beckham Jr. won't be with the Cowboys this year, at least not now, because they want him. Like they realize if they sign him, they got to sign him to multi-year, and they, he's not healthy right now. And Jerry Jones said that they don't want to bring him on if uh, if he can't help them this year. So,
2: yeah. well, I hate I, I hate to say it back to the point about who can challenge the Cowboys. I mean, if Tom Brady starts to play like he's capable of playing, like that division's basically a lot. Right now, the NFC South is garbage. Hmm. So. They're going to be in the playoffs regardless. Well, they will,
1: and they could be. They could they're be a. Be, su- yep. They could be a sub five hundred CFL East team when everybody says it's bush league. They could be. They could play a first round matchup versus the Giants or the
2: Commanders well, act- they, that beat them. The way it sits right now, they would play the Cowboys in the first round. In the yeah, uh, Tampa so, would. Yeah, it would be five seed at four seed, which is Tampa's the four seed. Dallas is the five seed. So how, right.
1: how ridiculous is that? That Dallas has to travel to Tampa. Mm. And And,
2: and, it's it's the reward for winning your division. That's the argument.
1: And the and it's tough to win division games. And who you like in the AFC right now? That's a wide open division. There are a lot better teams out there. I I like the Bengals, man. I said the Bengals a few weeks ago, and they uh, they beat the nobody has beaten Patrick Mahomes
2: three times. Yeah. Except for Joe Burrow. Well, with the Dolphins losing this past week and the Bills winning, the Bills are now in first place as it stands right now in the AFC East. Mm -hmm. And I still think, you know, Bills at home in the playoffs could be it could be difficult, so don't count out them Buffalo Bills. Quite. So we
1: got the Doug from Regina. Doug says, Hey Ballsy Singer, great to hear you made it safely to California. Which two NFL teams would your ideal be to watch in person? Well, my team is the Chargers, so I'm happy to watch them. Um I would have loved to have seen a I would have loved to have seen the Chargers Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Um Doug says Eagles Cowboys would be his
2: favorite his go-to game to watch. What would be your go to game to watch? That's such a silly question as like Green I, Bay and who? Well, I've seen Green Bay play Chicago three times in person. So, yeah and I've seen the Packers play the Vikings uh three times in person. man. which one did you like better i I, I liked I like the bear I like seeing the Packers. play. was it always in Green Bay? Uh, one in Green Bay and two uh, at Soldier Field. Really? Yeah. So let's talk about that
1: because you have been on how many tours? That you've been on this tour, in terms of stadiums, you've been to Lambo for a tour.
2: Have you been to Chicago for a tour? Uh, n- not a tour, of Chicago. I just seen a couple games there. You so, know, if I if I don't see, I usually if I don't see a game at the stadium, I'll go on the tour. Like if the team's not playing, and mm. but I usually want to save the excitement of seeing. So the what's stadium the best? Ba- okay, the game. so
1: so. You think Lambo's the best? Just oh yeah, what
2: you're, yeah it's, by far the best. But you're Green okay. Bay, yeah. by far the best. Yeah,
1: have you been to Dallas? Yeah. So what's a better stadium, Dallas or this one?
2: Uh, the one here well, in LA. What, well, like this is the thing that confuses me. What's the definition of a better stadium? Like it's like like more fancy. Like obviously this one's gonna be like. The nicest. The nicest because it's newer. And, like, Dallas doesn't play v- videos on the top of the canopy of the stadium like SoFi does, yeah, does right? Yeah, so which they like, can
1: do. They have so many. They have thousands of LED so lights a, that they a, can
2: actually broadcast yeah. the game up there if they wanted to. It's a tough question to answer because at, at the time when Cowboys Stadium, now AT&T Stadium, was open, it was, like, at the peak of all stadiums in the NFL. But now it's, you know, it you know this one and mercedes-benz stadium in in atlanta, atlanta is up there as well so but like this stadium here i mean yeah i i'm i probably say sofi cuz it's fresh it's new and it has Innovations that no other stadium has really seen in the NFL up to this point. Isn't
1: it crazy when you're flying in here? Like you fly over uh, uh, Memo- uh, the Memorial Coliseum, right. where USC plays. Yeah, right next to that was the uh, MLS uh, Galaxy's yep. new stadium, uh, the right? LAFC. LAFC, sorry. Yep. Then you got uh, you got uh, by SoFi. You got the old uh, Great Western Forum. Yeah, yeah, right, or whatever they call them, the Kia Forum now. Well, that's yeah, the where
2: Showtime Lakers.
1: And and the funny story about that is. When Steve Ballmer wanted to build his new Lakers uh, or uh, Clippers uh, stadium, which it is being constructed just yeah. right, uh, right in the same area, yep. well, three blocks over, the guys who owned uh, the Great Western Forum or Kia Forum, uh, they said, "Well, we're taking you to court. There's no way you can build the stadium this close." And Steve Ballmer, who I think he runs Apple now, he's like, "No, nah, I don't. Nah, I don't want to go to court with you." So he bought the stadium <laughs> from them. And still runs it. He went in his couch cushions. Yeah, yeah. And then he yeah, called. He called back. Chris White. He said, "Can you dip tip over your couch cushions?" Part, part yeah, and send me that. So yeah, the serious though. Like he. So he owns. So just to paint a picture for you guys, so there there is the stadium, like SoFi Stadium. Okay, they've got the big water kind of lake out front, which they're going to hold the archery events the for the Olympics out front. Then just over, if you're looking at the front of SoFi Stadium, where that is, if you go. Over your back, that's where the Clippers stadium is being built. Uh, what are they calling that thing again?
2: Intuit Dome.
1: Into a Dome, 18,000. It's like over $2 billion to build. Across the street from SoFi is the YouTube Center or something like that, where they have the SP shows and everything like that. TikTok Tick- extravaganzas. TikTok extravaganzas, <laughs> concerts concerts and everything Chris like that. White, yeah, 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 Chris White, big TikTok. Yeah, yeah, Chris <laughs> White's big TikTok adventures. Give him a follow. And they have the NA- NFL... Uh, 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 Western west, NFL launcher, but uh, on the other side of the stadium, they've got the NFL West headquarters where they shoot yep. like NFL All Access and everything like yep. that. It's yep. a, it's a crazy set, and then like you said, they got the old Western Forum there. So there's lots going on. That's, around It's here. really
2: cool because on like the con like on the concourse level at SoFi, you can walk to one end of the stadium. It's open aired, and you yep. can see like the Hollywood sign <laughs> from one side of it, you can the west walk, side. Yep, you can walk to the other side and see the end to it. Mm -hmm. Dome, Mm -hmm. the soon-to-be new home of the Clippers. Walk to the other side, you'll see this, you'll see that. Yeah, you see downtown
1: L.A., uh, east L.A. Yeah, so it's it's a definitely...
2: We should mention, too, how it was built near that earthquake border
1: San Andreas fault line and it, and it moves a sliver every uh year a sl- the the fault line moves a sliver every year and uh the way they the way they have it constructed he was showing us all the uh the uh shock absorber
2: um uh, set up there for like all the railings and stuff like that it's kind of cool yeah, it's like it's not just built in one part. It's based in three parts. There's the canopy, the yeah. stadium bowl, and yeah. then there's the actual base that around yeah. it that kind of. Three different buildings. Together. Yeah, three and different it, buildings. They built it in a way. So if an earthquake happens, you know, it's yep. not just locked in one spot because that's when problems would happen. Yeah. When the earthquake, uh, earthquake happens, it's just more like a circular motion yeah. to yep. keep it. Yeah. All in place. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of hand movements. Yeah, you are. Yeah, picture. that's not really. I'm picturing. painting a picture. Yeah,
1: it's like you're mixing a uh, cake or yeah. something there. And of course, <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention WrestleMania's coming here too in April. Yeah, so there's great. lots going what, on Nick,
2: here. The tour guy didn't even call it right. Like he, no, he said, "World champion, world, yeah, world a, wrestling he's championship." Like, like, show some respect to the WWE. <laughs> like, he said, "Like there's a wrestling championship or something coming," and back you scoffed spring. at it. I you. scoffed. Remember, I looked at you yeah. like, "What did he just call?" And that? you know what's hilarious? about you is you get so annoyed about things
1: like you're you're like hey ballsy Yazinger yeah, are you worked up why because when we get to the stadium it'll be the Rams logos on the field not the Chargers logos <laughs> which did kind of bug me when we were taking pictures on the field. It did. I'm not
2: going to lie to you. Wouldn't you rather catch a touchdown pass? I know. I can't ever catch a touchdown logo?
1: pass in a Chargers end zone. No, that came unless on the wrong you, day. Unless you come back, yeah, It Came on the so wrong day. That's yeah, it's unbelievable. I'll just get Chris White to pay for me to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, the great Logan Ferlin of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will join us. This is the sports cage for our friends at Saskatchewan Lotteries
0: on 620. Seen them on the fields. Now we dig deep to bring you a closer look at a player you'll never find on the staff sheet. This is Profiles on the Sports Cage.
1: And our feature today the spotlight on Logan Furland of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Lord, uh, Logan, thanks for taking time out of your schedule joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. How are you today, my friend? Uh Great, thanks. How are you doing? Good man. How do you like the cold weather? I'm not rubbing it in. I'm in LA. It's not like it's 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 very warm, but it's uh, certainly. I heard it's supposed to get to minus 50 tonight. Are you like a winter cold weather guy?
3: You know what? I don't mind it. Uh, growing up here, it's just something to get used to. Um, and I, you know, I was up north in Melfort, um, you know, for a lot longer, so really got used to yeah. a little bit more wind, a little bit uh, a little bit colder weather up there, so. Coming down here sometimes almost feels like summer.
1: Yeah, were you like a snowmobile guy? Did you do skiing? Any outdoor stuff like that?
3: Uh, we had a couple sleds on the on the acreage, and you know we'd putts around on there. But other than that, uh, not too much. We'd go to Wapiti Ski Hill there, and outside of Gronlid and here and there. But I wasn't uh, I wasn't a regular every weekend, you know, kind of skier. But every once in a while.
0: Yeah. I, uh,
1: I, I always got, uh, scared of ski. I'm not a big ski guy. I just didn't think my knees could handle it. I, I've never actually skied one time. I think it didn't end well. So I kind of got shied away from that. Um, how, what did you do in your downtime here after, uh, after the after the season? W- w- uh, what, did you do?
3: I headed up to BC. I got uh, my girlfriends up there and, uh, I got some family up there. So I, I went up there just to get out of town and, and, uh, you know, kind of get a, get away for a little bit, and uh, I'm just back in Regina, back to work, and continuing uh, continuing the, continuing the uh, regular off season.
1: Yeah. So, what does uh, your off season look like, Logan Ferlin, in terms of working out? Do you work out by yourself? Do you have a do you do you go with uh, Coach Clint to work out? Do you have your own personal trainer?
3: I do have my own personal trainer, um, and uh, I I tend to go with. Um, with him uh quite regularly in the offseason um he uh oh one sec here yeah oh sorry about that I Had to um yeah i tend to uh work out with him in the offseason and uh um you know it keeps me it keeps me pretty busy between between uh, personal trainer and work and just trying to figure out that schedule and um you know, just just try to keep the weight on in between as well and meal plan and it's uh it's a tough thing, but uh I, I managed to to get it done.
1: Logan, what do you uh what do you uh play at? Like what's your ideal playing weight?
3: I'm about so I like to stay around three oh five, any anything under three hundred and I'm I feel pretty light out there. So I think with my frame I could could maybe throw another ten ten pound ish. So um you know i'd be happy if i was about 315 but uh Mm -hmm. for now you know last season i was about 305 on the field
1: pretty hard to keep weight on during the season my son always says dad it's so hard to keep weight on during the year
3: well big time yeah it's uh it's a challenge you know you're always trying to get your macros in and uh try to keep it more high protein than than the fat but sometimes you can't help it sometimes you got to have a lot of cheat meals and, and things like that um so you know, just trying to try to eat well for the most part, but you know, like I said, sometimes you gotta eat a little bad here and there just to just to get the weight on due mm. to the time constraint.
1: What do you what do you What's a good cheat meal, Logan Furlan? Give me a good Logan Furlan cheat meal. Maybe I'll whip one up here in L.A.
3: Oh man, I used to uh, right after a workout, I go I go smash a a family combo for me and W. I could I could touch that pretty good. So if you could if you can manage that, then I'd be pretty impressed.
1: No, I can't do a family couple. It's it, you know we've talked about this before, you and I. It's uh it's an interesting position because it's the only pre- uh, position where you give up your own body for the glory of somebody else. That's that's your job. Your job is to protect the quarterback, to to block for a running back, to just uh give your body up for somebody else. And and in the off season you have to let's be honest you have to do some unhealthy things like you just mentioned in order to put that weight on so you're in a position to do what i just described
3: yeah exactly you know you try to you try to make it as healthy as possible but it's you know being through over 300 pounds isn't isn't a natural weight you know unless you're unless you're a genetic freak that's just pretty solid about weight but um, for the most part, you try to keep it healthy, but it's, uh, it's definitely an unhealthy position to be in no matter what. Um, you know, so you try to try to put on as many healthy pounds as you can and hope to maybe shave those off after after the career is over. Um, but uh, for the most part, just try to eat whole foods most of the time and try <laughs> to keep it uh, yeah. a little healthier.
1: Hey, so did you... Uh what do you take from your season? How, how do you think you did personally, Logan, and what, what maybe do you want to do better next year?
3: Uh, me personally, I've, I've watched most of the games, you know, again after the season, and um, there's there's a lot of, you know, technique I need to work on. Um, I, I had a back injury there, so I really need to focus mm-hmm. on on getting, getting that 100% healthy again before I really get really heavy into the weights. And just focus on the little things uh, that you know me being a little lazier on my on my rehab with my back ended up uh, really affecting me, I think, during parts of the season, and you know obviously missed a couple of games because of it. so um that's that's obviously a big point i I need to work on, and as far as um you know how I did, I think I did all right, but you know there' there's goals that that weren't achieved as there are every year and uh it's about just resetting and and finding yourself again and um coming back next year with a with a stronger approach
1: well my girlfriend won't agree but i do i'm a good listener so i picked up on something like this uh y- you uh you said lazy in your rehab but can you maybe expand on that for us it just maybe you didn't do it uh, as as diligently as you should have is that kind of what you meant
3: yeah like once once uh you know, I, ha- I've had this lingering issue for a little bit and, um, just continuing with proper core exercises I need to do every morning. And, you know, sometimes when, mm-hmm. when you're, when you start feeling better in that, uh, in whatever's injured, um, you tend to let off a little bit and, and be a little more lazy when it comes to actually keeping up with your morning routine or, you know, whatever it be. So that's, mm-hmm. that's all that happened. I just, I just got out of my exercises and, uh, it kinda came to came to bite me bite me in the butt later on. So um just just keeping up with those exercises no matter how I'm feeling, um, is definitely gonna be a focus. Uh
1: you uh you seem to have a great ability of taking uh criticism with a gra- with a grain of salt. Like you you know, you, you hear it from the fans, you hear it from some media, um, uh, you know, but those people have never uh, walked a mile in your shoes, trying to consistently block a three hundred pound man in front of you, uh, who has bad inten- bad and violent intentions, with a back injury. So, uh, you know, how do you how do you uh, take uh, take that with a grain of salt? Because it isn't easy, and is isn't easy in today's day and age with social media and everything like that.
3: Yeah, it definitely comes with the position. Um, I mean, being an offensive lineman is the most selfless uh, position on the field, and you just learn, you learn to roll with the punches throughout the years. And I've learned a lot about taking accountability and, um, for my actions or even others' actions. So, um, you know, whether, whether it is my fault or, you know, maybe somebody else to blame it, that really doesn't matter. Um, you know, what matters and the mature thing to do is just to move on, you know, take accountability for what you did or even what you didn't do and, uh, put, put all, all your energy and all that negative energy coming at you into, uh, into a positive twist. So, um, just staying positive and and keeping that, uh, that mindset. And you know what, sometimes it, uh, ends up being a positive thing because all that negative, uh, energy, you know, people send your way end up, uh, fueling the fire a little bit. So, you know, sometimes it, it ends up being a good thing
1: proud moment i don't know if you went to the game but proud moment i'm sure as a former uh, regina thunder player to see your team win the pfc and then get a chance to compete for canadian bowl on home turf didn't end the way that uh thunder alumni want but i'm sure that's a proud moment to see your team back in the big dance
3: yeah it's uh you know it's a, it's been a long time coming and and i know they're gonna they're gonna have you know that fuel in the tank for next year and um it's it's a slow process but you know, they're really building that culture there and I know that's what I know that's what those guys are really trying to do and that was the goal, you know, of that, that coaching staff when I came in and it's crazy the leaps and bounds they've came from from when I've when I've been there and um they, they really should be proud and um not just proud of what's what their final result is each year but but proud of the culture that they're building there and it's the number one place in Canada for a junior program to go to, and it's it's really starting to show.
1: Hey, uh, a couple more minutes with you, and I appreciate you taking time. Um, so, anybody I've talked to, uh, football-wise, uh, Dan Clark, whoever they say, your work ethic is second to none. You're one of the first guys in, one of the last guys out, and I know you do work with your hands in the off season. Yeah, okay, wait a minute. Is it furling, frame, and finishing, or how's that again?
3: Uh, Furland, Furland's Furlan's Framing to Finish is my, uh, it was my... There you list. go,
1: Framing to Finish. Yeah. Awesome. So where'd you get that, where'd you get that work ethic from?
3: Uh, I got, I got quite a bit of it from my, my dad, actually. My, uh, uh, he passed away when I was, when I was 15, um, very kind of suddenly just from cancer and, um, you know, that's, that's, I really didn't have... It was it was in some main stages of my life, you know, when that happens. You're fifteen years old and yeah. you're just kinda learning what it is to be a man. So um the main thing I took from him was um hard work and hard work beats talent no matter what you're doing. And he was a very hard worker and um at that time, you know, I'm not I'm not a very emotional guy, so I, I really uh yeah my work ethic and just from how I um turn that emotion into something else so i took I took that um that um you know crisis in my life and I went to the gym and that's that's how I got over it and that's um uh, well you never truly get over it, but you know that's that's how I dealt with it and uh that's I think really what shaped my work ethic from when I was young was was that happening to me so um I think it's just all a matter of perspective and, and how you view things.
1: It's great, man. It's great to hear, not that your dad passed away, but it's great to hear stories behind the scenes because when you when you see a guy put on a jersey and he's out there blocking or maybe not blocking or not doing what you think is a fan, it's it's interesting to hear stories behind the scenes because then it takes away that whole robotic thing that we think of when we think of athletes, right? Nobody cares that you're having a bad day or you lost a family member. Just go block somebody or go catch that pass or go score that goal. I don't care because I paid my 90 200 $400 to, to watch you play but Logan who was who was um, nobody replaces your dad but who was your father figure or did you have one after that
3: Um, you know a lot of it um, my older brother it kind of it, it did change into that um, kind of dynamic quite a bit we didn't we didn't get along too well you know in, around that age but um, as we both mm-hmm. matured at uh it really changed our relationship so my, my oldest brother there he's been he's always been uh, an inspiration to me and, and really uh, you know was kind of that father figure in my life and when he wasn't I just kind of clung on to anyone that uh, showed me the ropes I mean construction was the first real job I had out of high school as well and or in high school and um, you know that really really shaped who I was just the crew that I was working with and, and the people that I was around so um, you know, to give you a solid answer, I'd say my brother, but I also just took as much as I could from from each each uh, person that I worked
1: with. So, with your business, when do you, are you working now? Like, do you pick up early part of January to when training camp starts? Uh, is that kind of how you do it?
3: Uh, yeah. Usually, as soon as I can get back into it, I, I do. And uh, obviously, depending on how my body's feeling and depending the workload I have, this, this off-season is going to be my my busiest of all I think. So um you know, it's uh it's it's a hard process but it it's uh, I think it's just all about scheduling and and trying to find that balance between training and working out and, and nutrition. So
1: Yeah. Awesome. Is there one is there one aspect of your job, the off season job, not the rider job that you like the best? Like is there something you like to work on more than something else?
3: Oh, that's uh I don't know i like I like doing something different every day um, yeah that's that's probably the best thing when i'm when I'm sitting there doing the same thing all the time um, mm-hmm. that, that's when I really struggle if, you know that's what I like about having my own business because i I can you know change change what I'm doing every day every day is different and every day is a new challenge so um i really I really find enjoyment in, in doing different things every day.
1: All right, so we're gonna let you go. Give your business a plug. Give it a plug. Tell them where they can get a hold of the big Logan Furlan if they want to talk some football and if they want to get some uh, work done by you.
3: Oh, I don't even know if I need any more work here, but uh, it's...
1: Uh, <laughs> you're so Freeman good. You
3: Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, Furlan's framing to finish. You can uh, you can get out me at three zero six nine two one three nine eight eight if if you're needing uh, any carpentry needs from framing to finish uh i'm your guy so i'll try to i'll try to sneak you into my schedule and and maybe get you an autograph if uh you know if if it all works out so. that's, awesome. That,
1: that's awesome that's man. awesome hey, i appreciate your time great job this season man take care of that back make sure you don't cut any fingers off doing the work because we need you back next year okay all right thanks for your time Take care. That's uh, Logan Furlan joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. That's a great story there from uh, the Rough Riders guard. When we come back, we'll have our sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating and some more chatter here with Sean Kleisinger and yours truly, Ballsy, live from Huntington Beach, California. This is the sports cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on this cold Tuesday back in Saskatchewan here on 620...
0: Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. And if you missed any
1: of this show, make sure you check it out in podcast form. Today's show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries. Please uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Like like us, give us a good review. That'd be great. Tell all your friends. It helps us pay the bills. Time now for our sports ticker. And for that, let's turn things over to our man, Zinger. It's
2: for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. Give them a call at 306-781-2090. Well, we had a big upset today in the World Cup, Balls. Okay. League. Big a, upset. Yeah? Morocco beats Spain. Woo, that's huge. Morocco beats Spain and penalty kicks three... Wow. To nil. Did you
1: find it? Cause you were scrambling in your room yeah, over there. I couldn't there.
2: find the English version, but I watched it in Spanish today oh, okay. and it actually enhanced the experience. Wow. I really, or the uh, experience, Oh, no good. You had no idea what they were saying, but yeah, you just saw no. it, yeah. And then the late game was Portugal. They played oh, Switzerland. Smoked them. Cristiano Ronaldo did not uh, start for wow. Portugal. Instead of that, they put in the 21 year old Ramos. Yeah. And you might be like, "Why would you do that?" Oh, yeah, mention well, well, 37-year-old well, guy. Well, guess what? Uh, Ramos scored three goals, wow. and Portugal won six to one. So that's the last uh, matchup for the round of 16. So now the quarterfinals are set. But we have a couple days off now for World Cup so, action. Okay. The the next game is coming up here on uh,
1: Friday. So we got eight
2: games. Yeah, or eight, uh, eight teams. Uh, eight teams. Four games left. So. Friday morning, 9 a.m. Saskatchewan time, Croatia-Brazil. Okay. And then uh, the, the game after that is Netherlands-Argentina. And yep. then on Saturday, it's Morocco-Portugal and uh, England versus France. Okay, go through those again. What do you got? All right, Croatia-Brazil. Brazil. Brazil. Netherlands-Argentina. Argentina. Argentina. Morocco-Portugal. Portugal. And then England-France is going to be a tough one. Mm, England. Oh. I got the English. Somebody'll have, oh, Somebody have hate mail.
1: Somebody'll have hate mail.
2: Paul Maurice is back in Winnipeg tonight. Yeah. No, the... give
1: me the other one. What's the other side? No, that's it though. That's, that's it. it. That's that's four games. That's it. Oh, so we only have four to eight game eight teams left. Yeah. So we got Brazil, Portugal, Argentina, England, I say. Do you agree with
2: all those? I wouldn't count Morocco out against Portugal. Oh. I, uh, Morocco, they're they're a fast, talented team. I couldn't believe when I was wow. watching today. Wow. But, and I'm uh, just surprised you still watch. I, 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 no I hope uh, France yeah. beats England. Yeah. And I think Netherlands might get by Argentina. Okay, Argentina so basically is. you said ball minor wrong except for Brazil. Yeah, you, it, yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. Okay. What are well, you saying? Paul Maurice is back in Winnipeg. Paul Maurice is back in Winnipeg tonight with mm. the Florida Panthers. Mm. So uh that's uh exciting That's a huge one yeah That's exciting for uh Will the Jets get fans I think he will I'm so over the booth. he loved the he, boo thing. he loved if, I, the, if I'm if I'm in the stands no. I, I, I couldn't care he that.
1: loved Winnipeg though and he always promoted Winnipeg like he always said why well, you guys like when people wouldn't go play there it's so cold it's so dark remember he said listen we're playing NHL hockey in a mm. town that cares like he just got fed up I think with too many uh selfish
2: guys in the locker room right Rick mm. Rick bonus has done a good job there with Winnipeg though and there's another NHL game tonight where uh, Bernie tells me that the Anaheim Ducks oh. are in action tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. And I believe about 50 sports cage listeners <laughs> yes. are going to the game. I heard it's a beautiful rink, the yeah. Honda Center, and the area around it's nice. So that's going to yeah. be a fun one. Yeah. So So uh, that's happening tonight. Also... One of our own, Ken Schaefer Baker, got a workout with, uh, who Pittsburgh did, Steelers. There you go. He was with the Jags earlier, and then, um, Brian Burnham retires. Brian Burnham retires. He might
1: be one of the most underrated receivers in the last 20 years in the CFL. Yeah could be baker mayfield is back in the nfl he was cut released but the rams picked him up he might play thursday so that'll be an interesting one
2: yeah so that's that's about that's
1: about it that's about it for the sports ticker man what are you looking for you're not a big hockey guy are you no i'm not i'm not a
2: big last nhl game you were at can you remember it it was uh vegas golden knights at New York Rangers. No, I lie. It was Vegas at New Jersey. New Jersey. So yeah. you're at the Prudential Center. Yeah, but I uh, the night before I saw the Rangers in Vegas. Oh, then, okay. Yeah.
1: So first off, what's Madison Square Garden's like? You're the big oh. sports guy. I'm glad you came because you're the sports guy. I'm not the sports tour. What's that like? MSG's nice. Yeah, it's nice. Would yeah.
2: you like those old character buildings? Yeah, the best thing about MSG, in my opinion, is the roof. It has a very uh, distinct look. Yeah. Like the, the whatever they are, those wooden panels that those Isn't triangle a- motions. Yeah. All kind of connect. Isn't
1: together. it on the fifth floor too? Like, isn't don't you
2: have to take a yeah, yeah. or third floor or something? You yeah, have to take yeah, an escalator you have to up. up. Take an escalator up to yeah. ground level, and kind
1: that, that's kind of cool because like we're we're you know everybody's preaching to us like the SoFi Stadium.
2: It's it's down below mm-hmm. ground level or even Mosaic Stadium. Yeah, I had a list here actually. This is the stuff I do in my own time. Last night I wanted to like uh, make a list of all the NHL arenas that I've seen games in. And it's Okay, hey, wait a minute.
1: Thank God you're married, because you're such a nerd you wouldn't get a girlfriend now. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that to
2: you. Yeah. So, anyways, go ahead. Yeah, man. But like-
1: <laughs> it's not like I was uh not like I was uh having any fun time and my I went to bed at 10 o'clock, so it's not like <laughs> you're making lists and I was sleeping, so I do not making it look like I'm Hugh Hefner over it, here. It was just me and
2: Bugs? Yeah,
1: your your kid <laughs> slipped the bugs money into your suitcase. Yeah, you almost just, cried.
2: It was just me and Bugs okay. last night.
1: I didn't mean to I didn't
2: mean to what divert was ta- you. Oh yeah, yeah. It just surprised me like check out these random spots. That I've seen games in. Okay. Okay. Like, uh, Minis- you and your dad? Uh, majority of these are just me. Okay. Uh, Minnesota. Like the Wild or yeah, Minis- Minnesota Wild? Okay. XL Energy yeah. Center. Yeah. Uh, at the time it was first Niagara Center in Buffalo. Yeah. Saw two games. What's there. that one like? That was a nice rink. Okay. I liked it. Buffalo's a dump though, right? Yeah. Uh, American Airlines Center in Dallas. Yep. That's pretty random. Yeah. Uh, what's another random one? Barclay Center Islanders. Uh, that was a terrible ring for hockey, though. Yeah, wasn't it's, it? it's it's mostly built for basketball. I heard Prudential's like, you know. not very good either. Prudential yeah. is it like cookie cutter. Yeah, it's pretty cookie cutter. Yeah. it was. I think it opened in 2007. so yeah. it's yeah. not too bad. What I else? Just did... Thought that was like really no. What else you got? Rogers Arena, uh, MTS Center, uh, Air Canada so which, Center. Okay, so which one? You, Center.
1: Which one did you like uh, better? Did you like Prudential or Canada Life Center, which was MTS Center, the Winnipeg one? Oh and Winnipeg's
2: at the bottom of my list. Is it? The con like, I'm not
1: talking the city, I'm talking No, the- no,
2: no, no the, the concourse to me is just I mean it was it was built with a limited capacity, right? Like fifteen thousand, whatever, and you can you can really tell the difference in the concourse. I it love takes, going. it takes forever to get right. to the washerman back compared to the other arenas. I love going to
1: the Winnipeg arena with a big queen on the wall. Uh. The big queen on the wall. I like watching that the big Sea of white. that's where the Sea of White got started right there, the old Winnipeg arena against the Oilers. Um
2: what's your favorite Rink you've been to? Uh, I'm biased because I'm, I'm a Canadians fan, but the Bell Center. Yeah. The Bell Center. Yeah, it it's a nice it's rink. nice rink. What that, about, that uh, and, uh, American Airlines. Yeah, Dallas? Is nice. It's nice? Yeah. yeah. Nice, yeah. The Mullet Arena, yeah. yeah. Mullet Arena, yeah. Mullet Arena. They
1: should be actually done their 17 game road trip and going back home to their yeah because they lost yesterday to Calgary three to two. They being the Arizona Coyotes. We are checking out the Honda Center here tonight uh, as part of our Sports Cage Extravaganza. The trip uh, in conjunction with CAA and Terry Kazes here. We got got a great group of uh, people with us here. They all were excited to see SoFi. So we got this game. Then we do our sh- uh, our show live tomorrow from the bar, Killarney's. Then we are at uh, the Thursday night NFL game. The Amazon truck's already here. So oh. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. I wonder where
2: Al's staying. I don't know. Probably gonna not
1: scout. here. I'm going <laughs> to sniff him out. <laughs> hey, uh, you've got an open bed in your room, I heard. <laughs> He'll come here, you and Al Michaels. No, I, would, probably I would have, welcome probably, him. probably have to help him put his teeth in. Uh, <laughs> I say that with all due respect because the guy's a legend. Uh, yeah. So when we come back, uh, we're going to hear from Julio Carab. Nevada, Brian Burnham, the outstanding receiver, the BC Lions retires. We'll also uh, hear from uh, Glenn Suter, Rash Madani, more with Zinger. He is our sports traveling guru. This is the sports cage for our friends at Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620. I love the smell of my come in the morning. This is where the fun begins. I don't want to gain
0: another yard. 620 CKRM is proud to be Official voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and your home for the hottest sports show anywhere. It's a new era for sports talk in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball.
1: Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lottery's main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Our text line's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. The number one GM dealership in the province. You can text 936 6262. We got another text rolling in here. Just let me find it here. From our good friend Nick Katchmar, the pride of Ituna, who's operating back in the station. Thanks to Nick for doing a great Job. This one comes to us from Tommy, who's in Davidson. This is your best show ever, boys. Oh, Really? Wow. You haven't listened to too many then. Uh, feels like I'm there with you. Have fun. I don't. I never like to be. No, listen, I like to be where I'm at, but it's tough when you're on location doing shows because you feel like you're rubbing it into people back at home. So I understand it's like minus 24 and Regina's going to be minus 31 overnight. In Saskatoon, it's minus 32. Gonna feel a lot colder. So I'm not rubbing it in, but we are coming to you from Huntington Beach, California. So next year when you're thinking, gee, should I join Balsy and Zinger uh, on this uh, trip to wherever they're going to go? Don't delay, because we only have a limited amount of seats. We took 36 from Regina, I think 20 from Saskatoon or something like that. So we're around 56 to 60 people joining us here with our good friend Terry casas from CAA Travel. We're coming to you from the lobby of our hotel in Huntington Beach, where we're going to be live at Killarney's. A uh, bar, um, uh, on uh, in, in Huntington Beach. Downtown Huntington. Yeah, not far from the pier, a yeah. big famous pier you always see. So we are not the Santa Monica pier, but the other one. Mm-hmm. So uh we are hanging out here tonight, and we're going to go over to the uh, Honda Center, where the Lowly Ducks
2: take on the Hurricanes, who are
1: expected to be a Stanley Cup
2: contender. It's Star Wars night at the Honda Center, by the way. I found that out. Really? Found that out this really? morning. Really? I don't know what that means for us. I don't know if there's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if there's yeah, gonna yeah, be giveaways yeah, or anything. Yeah, but yeah, I'm over the Star Wars night thing. But well, you and I, people you like and
1: it. I are, uh, we're signing up for all the MasterCards. That's my, what my, my friend tonight. Chris White tipped me off that we're gonna go to every entrance and sign up for all the MasterCards so we can get all the shirts. <laughs> that's, that's, what do, yep. that's what we're gonna do because we're lowly. That's a savvy. That's That's a savvy thing. So anyway, where I'm going with uh, this is, you want to get involved in the sports cage trip next year is sold out so fast we're going to do it again next year. That's what it's looking like provided the world stays on the rails. Uh, Terry says he's got some big plans so that'll be good. I have no yeah, idea. I was, speaking about,
2: I was speaking to Terry about that. Yeah. He says uh, he wants to keep uh, the warm factor involved. Yeah and he said maybe possibly no I don't, yeah. want, I don't want to get in trouble or anything yeah. but possibly something like Miami okay or or Tampa yeah i see
1: i would love to have fit in an i've never there's one thing i've never been to
2: and i'm not a big fan of it especially
1: since it's turned into a three point fest but the nba i'd love to go to an nba game but it's it's funny the clippers weren't here The Lakers weren't here. Like, we couldn't get to it. I know you might go to a UCLA basketball game. They're playing one, University of Denver. University of
2: Denver Pioneers. Pioneers.
1: So they'll crush them, but you want to go see the great. Uh, uh, stadium. What's that stadium called again? Pauley Pavilion. Polly Pavilion. the stadium
2: that Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Bill Walton, all those guys. Yeah, it's, uh, he was still, uh, Luelle Cinder at the yeah. time, obviously, yeah. but that's where he played. John Wooden. Uh, under the same roof. UCLA, they won like 10 national yeah. titles in a row, whatever, yeah. back yeah. in the day. Yeah. So, me being a basketball fan, I thought that would be a cool yeah. thing to do. Yeah. And, yeah, the Lakers and Clippers, th- they're on the road. Uh, um, this whole week so I was kind of thinking to myself what's happening at crypto.com arena this week formerly the yeah, what staples is it? disney on ice Disney on ice. Yeah. Well, and at the Honda Center,
1: uh, our, our one of our uh, so, uh, so-called tour guides, our friend Chris White, used to be on air, now he's a sales guy, just in the corner drinking rum here in the lobby. He told us that uh, there's the Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart show at mm-hmm. the Honda Center, and it is sold out. Like I said, we should go. He's like, yeah, yeah whatever. $250 <laughs> is the cheapest ticket, and it's all sold out. So, uh, I mean, there isn't, there you could never be bored in this city if you had enough money and like
2: we gotta crazy. keep we got to keep our eyes peeled tonight when we're on the, on the way to the Honda Center because uh Angel Stadium is nearby as oh well, is it where the LA oh, yeah. Angels play yeah that's cool and, yeah and, uh, birdie uh, and, uh, birdie told you that a lot of LA Angel yep. players actually live in. Say, Huntington.
1: John Ryan told me uh he was supposed to join us tomorrow but unfortunately won't be able to because his wife Sarah Colonna had booked um uh uh a comedy tours in Spokane Washington so he's gonna travel with her so he apologizes but he said that uh, you <laughs> As it turns out, Ballsy, I'm about three and a half hours away from you in L.A. traffic, which is absolutely insane. And we got a taste of that yesterday when we left SoFi Stadium, which, by the way, because of the time change and everything, uh, I'm kind of like one of those, we can't change the time in Saskatchewan because my crops will burn. i got to get the kids on the bus an hour earlier, you know, those stupid excuses. Uh I didn't realize it got so dark here so fast. Like, mm-hmm. it does get dark, even though we come here and we're two hours back of... uh of, uh, home. So right now, what is it? I guess it's, uh, 513 at home. Um. But about 5.30, we left SoFi quarter to six. And man, it was that not a stri-
2: a steady stream of lights coming towards you. So next time you're stuck in traffic. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, yeah. it's like been 15 minutes mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just think back to what we had to do yesterday. Well,
1: somebody blurted out. I think it was Chris. He said, La, that damn ring road train. But it, wasn't. it,
2: was, it was like, just... it was, yeah, it was five <laughs> lanes each way. Yeah, oh, crazy. It was crazy. It was absolutely uh, ridiculous.
1: So yeah. So we're going to do that. Then we got the Rams and the Raiders on Thursday. Um, get to see Devonte Adams in yeah, a different age. Yeah, I know. How are you gonna deal with that? <sighs> my my head yeah, hurts. Yeah, uh, there's that'd be kind of cool. actually. No, I'm, I'm looking forward. to Then now uh, we've got um, the Raiders win. The um, the the Ducks and the Sharks, which is kind of like uh, I don't know. It, it'll be okay, I guess. Like I'm not I'm not downplaying the trip. The game's just gonna be kind we, of. We get
2: to see the Sharks' new uni. That's true. Carlson.
1: Yeah, and, and, and Carlson. Eric Carlson, the former Ottawa senator, and. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go uh then we're going to uh the, the big game, I think, which is gonna be the Dolphins and the Chargers. That
2: should be a good one. Oh, that's the one that's
1: that's a uh, playoff implications of that, that one. That's a
2: big one. Though. Yeah. The, the Dolphins are gonna be in the playoffs and the Chargers as it stands right now, they're are only, not they're in the outside they're, looking they're, in, yeah. but they're they're one of those teams that at least your team has a shot at making the playoffs. Yeah. Ballsy. Hey, so my, th- my team's five and eight. Yeah. I think we have a two percent ch- sorry for cutting you off. No, fine.
1: Two percent chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. Is this Rogers last year in Green Bay? I think he, uh, I think one more. One more? Yep. Uh, Dean from Regina sends a text at nine three six sixty two sixty two. Shout out to the Miller Marauders. They're ranked number one in Canada the first time in history for C-6A uh, football. So that's good. Oh, let's that's go. good. That's awesome. I, I, uh, and uh, Kelly and Regina. Going to Killarney's. Don't forget uh, to tilt your kilt, boys. Keep up the good work. Yeah, we're going there, Kelly and Regina. Uh Back to Miller for a second. They have built a great uh, powerhouse team there with Dean Coos and stuff. I um, I don't. I'm not going to lie here, and I have friends on the Miller team. I respect. Hey, they're a great team. Don't get me wrong, but I I don't do jumping jacks over uh, over now. It listen. It takes a lot. Of talent to win championships, especially back-to-back championships. Okay, uh, you got to be good. You got to have great players. Be well coached. But I will say this, man: the um, the separate schools in in Regina, and I think the same in Saskatoon. They don't have any boundaries. There's no boundaries. So you so you could live in White City and still play for Miller, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas in the public schools, you have to live in that division, so like you got to live around Campbell. You have to have so so. There's a little bit of unfair. That'd be like telling that'd be like telling Eastern Division teams in the CFL you don't have to use a salary cap, but the Western Division teams have to use a salary well, cap. Well, it's like
2: something changed there though, because when I played high school football like 13 years ago, Miller yeah. Miller at the time was in 3A. Yeah. Now they're the the powerhouse. Yeah. So obviously the you know i think miller at the end of the day has been taking players away from laboldus so that's the way that i understand it like yeah. the way that the division uh, changed a bit yeah. like their area has taken a chunk out of laboldus's area that's why they're a better team now
1: yeah, but what I, for instance, I think there's a couple of guys that, I, if I'm not mistaken, there's a couple of good players that just went across the parking lot from Belfort to Miller because they wanted to play on a good football team. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Where you 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 you, uh, what you know what I mean? So yeah, so uh, that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that I don't think they're a good uh, team or anything like that. It just I don't get too overly
2: excited. It yeah. it seems kind of that's a night and day difference, though, compared to where they were. 100 oh, percent. Like hundred percent. Like they were. One of the, like, worst teams. They were a lowest. They were a lowly And now they're team. the best yeah. team and. Yeah. It's six a now, right? Instead yeah, six yeah. a and five a. Yeah, Things for sure. Changed.
1: Yeah. When we come back, we're going to hear from our friend uh, Julio Caravata, former quarterback of the BC Lions, color commentator on the BC Lions radio network. As we're going to talk about uh, Nathan Rourke and his workouts, and also uh, Brian Burnham, who retires after a great career in the CFL. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on six twenty.
0: We're talking sports on your way home. This is The Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to The Sports Cage for our
1: friends at the Saskatchewan Lottery. Some breaking baseball news. Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers. Set to become a Chicago Cub, one year seventeen point five million dollar contract. I think I saw his uh, You're supposed to come to the Blue Jays. I think I saw his jersey at the Dick's Sporting Goods today. I was walking around. Clayton there, Kershaw man. re-upped yeah. with the Dodgers. One year Some local news. One year, here. one year, twenty million dollars. Local news because Zinger and I are in California. Hey, I got this tweet from one of our faithful listeners at the Real Ballsy. It is um, Barkley McIver, and Barkley says, "Hey, Ballsy." Uh, Zinger, what is a family combo? Because Logan mm-hmm. Ferlin will rerun his interview at the end of the show, of the Rough Riders. I asked him what his cheat meal was. He said it's a fa- an A&W family
2: combo. We looked into that. It's like basically every burger, isn't now, it? We're talking about a buddy burger. Yeah. We're talking about a mama. A papa burger. Yeah. Grandpa burger. Yeah. and uh, Teen burger. Oh, and yes. And of burger. Yeah, you got to put the teen burger in the middle there. And mozza burger. Yeah. Yeah. What? It's not the uh, matzo? No, 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 because, you know. Oh,
1: it's all the all, all the That's not a family members. Yeah, though. it's not a family <laughs> 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 It's their Italian cousin, a matzo burger. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's head out. Speaking of great Italians, let's head out to the Western Pizza Hotline, speak with our friend Giulio Caravatta. Hi, Giulio. Hey, buddy. How are you? Go. What's your cheat meal, Logan Ferland? When he wants to have a cheat meal, the riders says he has the A and W family combo. So we just went through it: baby burger, mama burger, papa burger, grandpa burger, grandma burger, and the and the teen burger. Like it's like a five or six. It's like five or six burgers. What's your cheat meal, Julio?
4: I think I'm. Uh, I think I would go with uh, Big Mac.
1: A big, mac. Uh, that's funny. Uh, what's your specialty, though? What what would be that? What would be your specialty in the kitchen, Julie? Are you first of oh, all? Are you a I'm, cook I'm, or I'm, are you an eater?
4: Yeah, no. I'm a very. I'm I'm a, I'm a passionate cook. I love to cook, and um, okay. So and my dog and my dog and my dog agrees that I'm a passionate cook. <laughs> um, hey, uh, I w- I would say like um, I'm obviously because I'm Italian. I'm a big into pastas. Um, but it would have to be like a, a, a fresh carbonara. And then I do, uh, like a chicken cutlet with a risotto. I would, I would, uh, I, that's, that would be my go-to.
1: Sounds like next year when I head out to Vancouver to call a Rider lions game. I better stop by the Caramada place. It's a lot, better than I, a lot better than I eat on the road. Hey, uh, Ryan Burnham, retiring. Uh, retiring. I think that's why we saw so many tears from Nathan Rourke at the end of the year. He probably knew something was up and wanted to win that championship for Burnham.
4: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think all of us had a sense that uh, something was up. You know, you just... You know, I, I remember being at the um, the Western final, and the day before, Brian was the very, very last guy to lead the pre-practice, like just a walk through, and he spent about an extra 20 minutes walking around the stadium on his own, uh, just going to different spots and standing there and sitting there and in some case lying there on the field. Um, you knew something was up, and when I when I at the end of that game too, when Willie Jefferson. And him exchange jerseys, um, you knew that the players knew that something was up, and I think Nathan's reaction as well when he was brought to tears. Uh, I think uh, the players kind of had an idea that this was going to be the end. And uh, it's been a fantastic career. He really uh, has exemplified uh, um, being a professional football player, and and his ability, and all the highlight reel catches that he's made. But more importantly, I think. For me, ballsy, and I think you would agree. is Like when you're around certain guys uh, all the time, and you see the way they conduct themselves, the way they they act, the way they talk, uh, he's just a class act, and uh, he is going to be missed.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I I would have to say in the last 20 years, he's one of the most underrated receivers in the CFL. Like he's he, he was great. Don't get me wrong. I knew he was great, but I don't know that he was always talked about like that. And I think yeah. he was.
4: Well, you know what? I think th- you're right. I-, I I think that one of the things about Brian, though, too, is that you know he he was always pr- very consistent. Obviously, as a thousand yard receiver and and his highlight reel catches. Um, but he didn't kind of put those monster years together, like where you're like, wow, like those are those are extraordinary numbers. Even though, like you mean, like I said, like he was like he was a consistent thousand yard receiver. Um, but you're right. He just never was put into that class that I think he deserved right he, you know you always used to see him on the highlight reel because he'd always make two or three catches in a year where you're like wow how did he do that um but as I said more importantly the, the, the guy was just such a an outstanding person and really his story really just exemplifies really the CFL and about guys getting a second chance his his sister was the secretary to the president of the Lions and she's the one that really kind of pushed his film and and asked for him to get a tryout and really the rest, uh, you know, Brian Burnham did but uh, it was really just an extraordinary story of him you know, taking advantage of that opportunity and turning it into really a a Hall of Fame career.
1: You know, that's a very good point, Julio. You put it perfectly and it's really why Nathan Rourke has an opportunity to make uh, otherworldly money that he wouldn't make in the CFL because of his chance to play in the CFL when you think about it, because nobody they want, they, hey, the Giants that's part of the reason you talked about it last time you were on part of the reason he's going back is to prove people wrong that he's not a receiver, yeah. I don't need to run receiver drills I'm a quarterback, but he wouldn't have got that chance if he didn't get a chance in the CFL to show what he can do.
4: Oh, absolutely yeah, no, that is one of the, and I, he's a very, and I, I've told you this before, like, he's a very, very competitive person and it it's not a it's a, not an outward thing that it's more of an internal drive and i think that, that that whole experience with the giants really really did not sit well with him and it is something that has really motivated him and good for him because uh it clearly worked so yeah he has he has a burning desire to show them that they made a mistake um and everything that tells me that you know he's getting a lot of different opportunities, right? You you hear, you know, different teams every single week where he's working out. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see what kind of an opportunity, you know, comes his way because uh, that is the most important thing for him. I I don't think he's just going to take a contract and go down there. Uh, I think he wants a clear path for an opportunity to play. And if he doesn't get that opportunity, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I'm sure that the Lions are going to make him a very competitive offer as well. So... Um, you know a lot of uh, things going to happen between now and probably the middle of January when uh, when all this is going to be decided.
1: If there's that much smoke though, isn't there a fire? Like do you really do you think he's going to if you were a betting man, if you were to bet me one of those sweet sweet meals you make at your house, <laughs> would you say would you say versus my mac and cheese at my house, a uh, quick 5 minute ready to make uh mac and cheese that I'd give you when you come to town, uh, do you think he's gone or do you think he's back?
4: Well, Here's here's what I here's what I and 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 you you've seen it as well right like the NFL is 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 a big machine and you know a, a lot of things have come to light in the, in the last as we learn about the path that Nathan Rourke is taking you know first of all that I remember I forget who it was one of the U S uh, it was he was a, one of the big reporters I don't know if it was Scheffler or, or who it was but they were saying every single Tuesday in the NFL every team is working out players. Okay, Every single team. And so you put you start putting that together. Like Every week, they're bringing five, six, seven guys in to work out, to see if they can find another receiver or another quarterback or another lineman or whatever the case may be. What I've learned over the years, though, is this, is that when somebody wants somebody, they're not going to let them go to tryouts. Like, I remember the story of Cam Wake going down to Miami and Bill Parcells, who was, at, I think, at the time, the head of football operations, the president of the – football operations, whatever title he had, when Cam Wake worked out down there, he said, don't let him leave without a contract. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. we, gotta, we I want this guy. So, you know, there's a lot of teams that are interested and it'd be interesting to see what, how this all kind of goes down. And, and, you know, he's already had a, you know, I, I would probably imagine like six, seven workouts. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see, like, if someone, you know, really wanted him out of those teams, they would have probably already offered him a contract. They don't want him to go try out anywhere else. So, yeah. you know, I, I, really don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard for me to really predict because I know Nathan, and I know that he's, he wants that opportunity, but he also is very, very competitive and wants to play. So, unless that path is clear that he's going to get a legitimate opportunity. Um, to go down there, I, I don't know even if he's offered a contract, like, I don't know whether or not he would say, okay, I'll, I'm just going to go for the sake of going. I don't know whether he would do that. Um, it really depends on the scenario because he's going to be very, very well informed and and prepared and ask all the right questions as far as the opportunity that he's going to be given
1: so if they do bring him back they're not bringing him back at $90,000 so that offense will change you lost Brian Burnham you might have to lose a receiver or defender or two just to fit him in but wouldn't you think that contract if he does come back starts with a six I know he hasn't won a championship Okay, I know he hasn't won a championship but he is the face of this league he's the reason 30,000 people went to a playoff game in BC Mm -hmm. he's the reason why uh, people watch the games it isn't it isn't mm-hmm. Zach Kalaros it's not Bo Levi Mitchell it's Nathan Rourke so I don't care if he won he should be paid on par with that guy um, Zach Kalaros and, yeah. and you know Bo Levi Mitchell's probably going to get 500,000 yeah. too right
4: yeah I agree I mean I, and, and it, it's going to be a big number and it, it will change a lot of things because one of the advantages they had was when Nathan was named the starter. You're right; he's making ninety thousand dollars a year, um, and now you can go spend on all these other guys. Um, but you know, you're gonna you're gonna save some money in the sense now you don't have a Burnham. You're not gonna have a Delvin Bro, who's gonna, who's retired. So you're already mm-hmm. right there. I think you've already saved maybe what three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, you're talking about. You know the the team will change a little bit, but I don't know if it'll change a lot. And, and their receiving core with Alexander Hollins and Lucky Whitehead now going to come back. Hollins was a was a big find, right? Because he fit in very mm-hmm. nicely. They're going to move Keon Hatcher. They're going to have D, D- Rhymes back. They're, they're receiving core and their offense. I don't know how much it changes. I really don't know. Um. There obviously, there's always going to be change. There's going to be change with every team, but um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, where uh, where they're, they're going to have to, you know, maybe make a change because of a contract, and and, and how it's going to all look.
1: Okay. Lastly, where do you think Bo Levi Mitchell ends up? Does he end up in Hamilton, or does he end up in Saskatchewan? Because I think it's a two horse. Well, you know race. what? I
4: I'm not going to divulge my sources, but I've got a really really good source. That tells me that he's going to be in green and white, and yeah, that's, um, that's what I think too. Uh, <laughs> and so I that's think that I think. Uh, I think that he he, you know, I just think where he is. Um, I think he, having been in the league, I think he under he, he understands, you know, what it means to ble- be a Saskatchewan Rough Rider and live in that town, and and you know all the things that go along with being a Saskatchewan Rough Rider, I think that those really appeal to him. And that's no disrespect to Hamilton. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah. it's just it's just it's a different it's just a different level in Saskatchewan. Well,
1: let me ask you this. Let me let me ask you this. Lastly, before we let you go, so you played in this league. You you uh, you've been in meetings. You've been in everywhere. Bo Levi Mitchell told us on these airwaves last week that I offensive coordinator is a big deal to me, and I want a big say in the offense. This was before we knew Mark Mueller was turning down the job. Mm-hmm. Gary Jones was a package deal with Bob Dice. Other people have turned down the job because let's face it, the coach and the GM are in a one year deal. But if Kelly Jeff is that guy he is coached with Scott Milanovic comes highly regarded he has coached uh, in NCAA he's coached Mount Allison but wouldn't you think that would be attractive to a Bo Levi Mitchell where he could come in sure. and have equal if not more than equal collaboration on a playbook almost be like a coach a, 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 a quarterback slash OC yeah I I
4: totally agree of course, of course, you mean not, that would be the same scenario that, that Mike Riley came into, right? Like, you, when you bring a guy who has that pedigree, who has that reputation, who has that resume, of course they're going to have a say. Of course they're going to have, um, you know, a, a voice in a, a, at the table. And that's what you want. Um, when you get that kind of a collaboration, when you're a starting quarterback who has that kind of experience and has done the things that he's done, you want that. You want to use his knowledge, and you want to make him as comfortable as possible. Um, and and there's, there's something to be said, too, about having the ownership part of that, right? You're, you're, you, if you're involved the way he is going to be involved, then he's, he's, he's got a lot more at stake because he has ownership in that thing. He's put a lot, of in, a lot into it, and um, you know that he's going to take a lot of pride in trying to, to get that offense to work the way that he wants it to work. So, of course, mm-hmm. I think you want him to have as much say as possible um, with uh, with the offense, and, and uh, I think that's only a good thing because knowing Bo, the way I know him, and like I said, I'm not really super close. I just i have had a, a whole bunch of conversations with him, but um, nothing really too deep, but he does look like a guy that it, it's about team and about success and about he, he's got a great personality and he wants to do what's best by the team, and um you know, he, he's not, it's not just going to be about him. It's going to be about winning as a team.
1: Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. All the best, buddy. Thanks very much. That's Julio Caravata. He's going to make me a nice meal when I come there to BC. I can't wait. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620.
4: Every time Saskatchewan gets in second alone, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they
0: blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's
4: blitzed, he's had success. And
0: Time for press coverage. As former Ryder Greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Souter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation.
1: Welcome back, and it's press coverage brought to you by Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan to serve you. QualityTire.ca. Suits, it's great to be in the same time zone as you. You're in B.C. and Zinger and I hanging out in California. No big deal. We just had coffee with Jennifer Lopez. Not a big deal. (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah. How, how's uh jenny on the block how's she doing she good
1: uh, she's doing great jenny on the block dude, great. you kidding me we couldn't get it <laughs> we couldn't get any we, we 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 are not i think i got to go to costco nobody recognized me there i was in an la costco that's as great as my my day was. Uh suits, let's talk about Brian Burnham. Uh, I just had Julio Caravat on. Actually, we got this text from uh, Chad and Whitewood. I think this is the best. When rival fans can say something like this. Just hold on, I gotta open up my phone here. Chad and Whitewood on our text line, nine three six sixty-two sixty-two. Brian Burnham was one of the most talented receivers to play in the CFL. He was a highlight reel. Much respect from this rider fan. I think that says it all.
5: Yeah, it does. It, well, you know, it's, it says all of what we saw on a regular basis, that the extraordinary looked routine for this player. And I, I think that's, you know, the uh, what separates him from a lot of other players in the game. And, you know, again, I, I, I talk about both sides of the border because when you're a talented athlete like that with the hands that he has um you know you just you're a special player and um when when you think about how many great catches he made uh and then how matter-of-factly he did it it just it just looked like it was part of his game it wasn't extraordinary after he did it a dozen times in year one and then another dozen times in year two and, and so on so You know, there's that, but I I think an even bigger part of his legacy is going to be, you know, what type of person he is, what type of teammate he was. You know, when you get a chance to, as you know, Michael, when you're you're talking to players on a regular basis and you're covering the the league throughout the season, we get a chance to talk to all the other receivers that Brian has worked with or O-linemen or quarterbacks, and... You know, every one of them to a man will will just rave about how he's a great teammate that leads by example. And you know, I I always emphasize those things because I think it's what separates winning and losing at the top level. It's 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 how you how quickly your team becomes a team full of pros that that'll go to work, that lead by example, that take ownership. And and come out of that tunnel as one. And I think Brian Burnham was such a great leader. that's to me, what's most important: great person and great leader.
1: Yeah, I'm intrigued. What's going to happen with this Nathan Rourke thing? Julio Caravatta was on color commentator of the Lions. You know him well. Um, yep. You know he said he, he said you know uh, he 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 very well might catch on with somebody. But you'd think the teams that he's worked out for already, if he's caught their eye, they wouldn't want to. Maybe let him go to the next workout. Maybe they'd want to sign him right away. And that hasn't happened as of yet. So I don't know that it's, uh, this isn't a shot at Nathan. I just don't know that it's, uh, it's a done deal, that it's a slam dunk. And, you know, talking to Zinger here, uh, from the lobby here in LA, we we're talking about, cause Kean Schaefer Baker just worked out for the Steelers. I said to Zinger, do you think Kean chafer Baker's an NFL receiver? He said, well, he probably is, but so many things have to fall in line for that to happen. There's a lot of political BS that you have to cut through.
5: Yeah, there is, and and yes, he is. I mean, Keon Schaefer Baker is definitely can play in in any league in the world. Um, he's that he's that good. And so, I mean, again, we uh, for some reason we we continue to want to qualify. We had Brian Burnham in our backyard for eight years, and yep. yes, we appreciated the highlight reels and all of that. But but you know, I, I'm not sure that our country appreciated the. Just the, the professionalism that the level that he brought to the game every, every, and the entertainment value that he brought to the game every single night out, night in, night out. Mm-hmm. So, Cam Schaefer Baker is a great, great athlete, great football player. He's got a lot of work to do to get anywhere near Brian Burnham's numbers, but um, you know, I, I can tell you from watching and covering the game as long as I have that he is world class. And so, could he play there? Yes, but the circumstances have to line up. And they, let's let's put it this way. And I I love my American brothers, um, but let's put it this way. They they have very strong egos, in a lot of cases, and they want to always support their own scouting department. So if if an NFL team is looking at, um, you know, their first their first priority is their is their draft picks. And, you know, when they pay their draft picks in the first three rounds, they're investing a lot of money in those players. So they're going to get a super long look and go to the regular training camps. And then guys that have, you know, for whatever reason, have slipped through the cracks because of an injury at the wrong time or their pro day didn't go exactly the way they thought it would. Or, you know, a lot of things like that can happen where great, great football players don't get that opportunity out of college in the NFL for the big payday, and then they come up to Canada and they become stars and, and, and we see how great they are, like Brian Burnham, and then you know, they they sometimes go back and see if they can get that big paycheck, and by, you know, by then they're they're a little bit older, now Nathan works right in the wheelhouse age-wise, but it, it's you know, here's the other thing, he, he is not just going to go down there to be a, a camp body. I, I guarantee you he's not going to do that. So it's got to be a substantial offer. It's got to be a real opportunity to get on the roster. You know, I think he'll be a pro bowler if he gets a chance to play down there, just like he'd be an all-star, if he, you know, when he's up here. So it, I, it doesn't change for me what side of the border he throws the ball on.
1: Got a couple of texts for Glenn to get to when we come back on the other side of the break. This is the Sports Cage, and this is our press coverage segment with the Hall of Fame broadcaster Glenn Suter for Quality Tire here on six twenty.
0: The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM.
1: Welcome back to the sports cage, and our text line is brought to you by our friends at Capital GMC a Cadillac at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, number one GM dealership in the province. They actually have a capital here Zinger at uh, Santa Monica and one in uh, Beverly Hills. Okay, owned by the same uh, family. So there you go, Regina connection here. Are you going? To, you're California. going to Beverly
2: Hills on Saturday, Saturday. That's the
1: plan. Yeah, going to Beverly Hills sooner. You ever been to Beverly Hills?
5: Yeah, probably drove by it just out of curiosity, but uh, never been at a home at Beverly Hills. <laughs>
1: no, I'm not going to. Listen, I haven't been invited into a home. Let's be honest here. I'm not. I'm just a ham and ager, but we're going to go to check things out uh, on Saturday or one day off. Um, uh, so I got a few texts yeah. here on our uh, text line at nine three six sixty two sixty two. This is press coverage, our second half of it, with our friend Glenn Suter, brought to you by Quality Tire. Uh, where is this? This one's been sitting for a while here, but I wanted to get to it. Um, Kevin from Fort Capel. Hey, uh, Glenn, who was the guy on the Riders in the 1989 Grey Cup team that uh, got everyone jacked up in the locker room? Or was it sort of by association? Was there anybody that was the leader in terms of pep talks? Or did you guys just go out and do your business?
5: Uh, I would say Bobby Jerson was was very vocal on the defensive side of the room. Uh, you know, I don't think, I don't remember, you know, one guy standing up in front of the entire team every time. I think that sort of rotated through. Um, you know, Coach Gregory was sort of to the point um, when he would give his pregame speech. It wasn't a real rah-rah sort of thing. It was do your job and, uh, you know your responsibilities and, and support your teammates, and uh, you know that's. But I, I do know that in the huddle, Bobby Jurison was very vocal at times and didn't mince words. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you had to pick it up if you if you were uh, a step behind.
2: Glenn, do you ever have dreams of the nineteen eighty nine Grey Cup when, like, you wake up and it just feels like it happened all over again?
5: No, not really. Uh, You know, I'm reminded by it when, you know, I go to Grey Cup and I see the rings and, you know, I see uh, someone from the alumni like uh, Bob Poley or somebody I'll, I'll cross paths with in the off offseason. It'll remind me of, you know, our time together in the great run. I, I just I'm so focused on today's athletes and today's players and trying to continue to grow the games there. I'm like, like this Brian Burnham thing, I, I found it real interesting that on Twitter, I don't even know who did it, but on Twitter, uh, someone posted that, you know, do you think he could have played in the NFL? And I just thought, you know, there there we go again. We We have to, first of all, we always have to try and compare the two, and I don't know why we do that. And secondly, the answer is absolutely yes. And to even ask the question to me is disrespectful. To me, to me, if you're asking the question, could Brian Burnham have played in the National Football League? Then you just don't know the game. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't even know who put the, the poll out. But yes, he could have played in the NFL. Like, do you, I'm, I'm wondering if if, they, if people in our country sometimes think NFL players are part of the Marvel Superhero Network or something they're just human beings they all run 44s four they all bench 225 20 times they can all jump run and hit and catch the ball and there's thousands of them so <laughs> just it always astounds me that we have to qualify same with music guys i mean we've seen how many times you've seen a great country artist that we sit and watch at home at a high school reunion and then go oh now he's big in the states so now i really like him
1: <laughs> mm. Well yeah, we gotta get that we gotta not, get that ridiculous val that ridiculous validation. Uh let me ask you this, uh Glenn, from the outside. Do you think the fact that the Riders can't nail down an offensive coordinator. They, they had a chance with Mark Mueller, but he decided to stay in Calgary. Now, truth be told, he's getting play-calling duties and more money, so why would he leave a situation where he is surrounded by great offensive minds like that if he's if he's getting more? okay? Uh, Kahari Jones was always a package deal with Bob Dice, I'm told, so Bob Dice basically went into his interview and said, this is my offensive coordinator, so that—that that the Riders had no say in that. And then uh, Mark Marcus Howell and Edmonton apparently saying no, Jarius Jackson. Do you think that hinders... Paul levi mitchell coming here or do you think bull levi mitchell might look at this and go hmm, this kelly jeffrey guy he's he's an accomplished uh, u sports coach uh scott milanovich speaks highly of him he's bounced around the ncaa so he's done that too and i have an opportunity to come in here and have real collaboration and maybe be kind of like a de facto offensive coordinator while i'm playing i think i don't think it's much of a, de- a detriment as fans are making it out to be
5: no, no, I don't. I don't either. I mean, if, let, let's put it, let's split it up between the two. I mean, from uh, organizational point of view, um, yeah, I, it would be it's it would be start to be a concern for me. Uh, we gotta we gotta mm-hmm. find a guy. We gotta nail down our staff because our staff is going to help to draw the free agents we need when the money is close and we need to sign an old lineman or whoever it might be on free agency in February you have to have your staff in place so the, the free agents know. You know, those, those dominoes fall quickly um, once the top guys sign. So, you know, the the players that are not the top guys that are sort of in the middle of the pack, they're, they're going to go, you know, I don't want to wait too long or the money's going to be spent and maybe I don't get the deal I could have got. So it's a concern from an organizational standpoint that it, it's taking longer than it, you know, than I'm sure they wanted to. I don't think it changes Bo's opinion. You know, I mean, Jordan Maximik is a good, in uh, BC, it was a a very good example of a Canadian coach, spent some time in the CFL, yes, as an assistant, but but really came up through the U-sport ranks in Alberta and was Nathan Rourke's offensive coordinator when he was throwing for almost 400 a game. So that's your point, I think, about a young OC that maybe look looks inexperienced but with a veteran like bo bo could say hey we can we can sort of mold this together i'll bring my expertise he brings his youthful enthusiasm and innovation and together we can build something so it doesn't necessarily have to be one of the big name guys or or real experience guys out there to be successful and i don't think it changes bo's opinion really
1: Hey, Dave sends a text in at nine three six sixty two sixty two. Maybe Glenn Suter can't answer this, but Glenn, if you were the commissioner of the CFL, would you look to getting two broadcast networks or another way to get the game out there?
5: Oh, yeah, I would be absolutely, and I'm, I'm not sure. If, uh, let, let me qualify it by repeating what I said at the Hall of Fame breakfast, which was, you know, I know that we always have a lot of uh, strong opinions when it comes to what we should program. And I think sports fans across the, the, the country have strong opinions on what TSN should, should program on their five channels and how they should run the network and everything. But I don't, there's not another network or, or, or business or partner of Canadian football that has spent more money, um, you know, brought in more resources and, and put the time and passion into, Supporting Canadian football in our country, like TSN has. So uh, let let me start with that. But the, to answer the question, quite you know, frankly, yes, I absolutely would look at you know meetings with any network that would be interested. Meetings with the new streaming angles and and possibilities there. Uh, you know how how can we get our product out? and viewed by as many possible including discussions i would immediately have from that chair if i was in it to immediately having discussions with getting the Great cup on ctv and you know and i'm not even sure working this long with the network why exactly that hasn't happened already um i'm sure there's a good reason for it i don't know what it is i'm not in those meetings but I'd be I'd be asking if I was in the other chair. So lastly, it's interesting.
1: So Zinger and I went on a tour of SoFi Stadium, which is otherworldly. Like you can't compare it. I would say this. We were in the Riders locker room. Now, granted, the Rams and the Chargers are only here for four or five hours uh, a week when they have home games. Otherwise, they have their state-of-the-art training facilities, okay? But the Riders' locker room is better than the Super Bowl champions' locker room and better than the the Los Angeles Chargers' locker room. It is. I've been in all three now, and I can say that without a doubt. But it's interesting, Glenn. I think we don't do this. We compare the NFL and the CFL. But people got to understand something. This is a very organic league that you support in Canada the cheapest tickets at this game are 250 bucks and we are Eight stories high looking down. Like, you, it is another world. It is for the rich. It is for people that can't, you know what I mean? Like, the lady that was giving us the tour said the cheapest Super Bowl ticket here was for $5,000. You're not getting that at the Grey Cup. Like, you're getting to see an outstanding world class athletes' championship game for an affordable price, so to speak. And I don't think we really promote that enough.
5: No, I agree. I totally agree. It's a different club. And I've been to Super Bowls covering them for TSN and actually found ways to get uh, through TSN, get passes for events. And when I go to events like the commissioner's dinner, um, it is completely corporate, like very like it's not a fan, fun deal. Like the city that's hosting the Super Bowl, there's pockets of the city that will have parties in their own pubs and things like that for fans but if you're at this at the Super Bowl and the league organized events you are you you are first of all spending thousands of dollars to get into those things and then mm-hmm. it is very very corporate as is the Super Bowl so the prices don't they're not they're not even on the same planet as as us i mean you know listen the, the national hockey league has expensive pricing in in canada i mean it's 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 not nfl pricing but it's expensive you know and mm-hmm. and it's just it's a it's a different world so yeah and and you can only have one owner and that owner needs billions with a b not trillion, you know not uh millions but billions you need a stadium and all those things so i just I, again uh, on the day that we talk Brian Burnham, one of the great receivers, to entertain us, I hope that it sends the message to all of us across the country to really appreciate what we have in our backyard, whether it's our great music and musicians, our great athletes, our great league, and we can affordably take our family to go be entertained and cheer for our home team and I you know Brian Burnham's a great kind of reminder of the quality that we have right here
1: this guy's on our home team glenn Suter, joining us here for press coverage thanks for your time we will talk to you on thursday have yourself a great day thanks glenn
5: hey guys sunscreen sunscreen little yeah. sunscreen down there
1: <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it thanks that's glenn Suter joining us when we come back it's coast to coast with Arash rash madani this is the sports cage for saskatchewan lotteries
0: on 620 Time now for Coast to Coast with Rashna Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From hockey night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Rashna Danny. And it's brought to you by
1: Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Give Brian Gawley a call at Smart Investing Solutions. Thanks to him for getting on board. That was one of my great highlights at the Grey Cup, going to hang out with Brian Gawley and our friend Arash Madani. We'll get to Arash in a second. I didn't realize I was a part of some history. After you played your last game, Sean Kleisinger, with the uh, Riffle Royals High School team, you found out you'd never play football again because you got MS. You were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which continues to be a battle Glad you're on the right side of it again here. Good job. But you said you'd never throw a football again.
2: Yeah, I, like, I, I'm pretty sure i had never thrown a football after that game. And yesterday when we're on SoFi Fields slinging yeah. this pigskin yeah. we on, the, on the bus right back to the hotel, I was thinking to myself, like, I don't, I don't think I've thrown a ball like you that. You could
1: still throw it, man. You had you had me. Did you see my old man fall? Like you threw the one I, I go to put my toes on the sideline. You threw it behind me. Yeah. So did you see my nifty pivot? Just and like I kept I always used to do. And yeah. I kept the heels in. Yeah. But then
2: I had the old man fall, tipped over. And what do you think? It. Could you tell that back in my day I had some athleticism? You look like in you me? could throw
1: the ball, man. You can't kick field goals, no, but no. you could throw the ball. Nah, and
2: I could catch. You
1: could catch, but I love that you threw the nice like little rainbow toss as Aaron Rodgers yeah. likes to throw. That that's good. Yeah. Hard to pick that ball up in the lights, though, wasn't Very it? Very tough, find, man. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, Arash joining us here. He's covered many sports. I don't think you're – like, I did play junior football – um, and so I used to play at Old Mosaic Stadium, Old Taylor Field, and those lights, those bank lights, really gave you a bit of a problem on the west side grandstands or But here, under the uh, nice lighting, it it's kind of weird when you're watching that ball. You see the ball come, then it then it disappears, and then it's back again. Imagine a 240-pound linebacker trying to kick your ass while you're trying to catch the ball.
6: All right, and then add wind on top of that in some some places too. Um, but I yeah. think the bigger issue is the guy who's coming down to rip your head off, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it certainly is, but all that time then, and then we're up there yelling, you know, drinking our beer, Bob, you got to catch the ball. Uh, speaking of a guy who could catch the ball, rash Madani, Brian Burnham's retirement seemed to catch people by surprise in the CFL a bit. Only 32, playing at a high level. I think I kind of knew something was up when I watched Nathan Rourke shed all those tears after yeah. the game with Brian Burnham. Uh, I think he knew that that was the last stand for Brian, um, but just uh, your thoughts on that.
6: Well, I mean, I think you nailed it on the head there, both. I mean, playing at a high level. Um, I don't think there's been a player in the CFL. Now, granted, Burnham missed half the season this year with injury, but prior to this year, I don't think there's a receiver over the course of like the last five or six years who put together that complete a resume over six years that Burnham did. I mean, you're talking about a dude who from 2016 through last year. I mean, last year was 14 games. He still had 965 yards. Like it was thousand plus yards every year for this guy. And I think one of the reasons why this kind of catches you off guard is that he just Mm -hmm. became part of the furniture there in BC became part of the furniture in the CFL that Brian Burnham's going to suit up. He's a guy who only missed two or three games until this year. Um, and he was going to and he was going to perform for you and i honestly believe he is one of the top 7 or 8 receivers of the last 25 yeah, years in the CFL I, I saw
1: i saw you tweet that you you work for the uh, Ottawa franchise Renegades you work for of course the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers you've covered this league that's a pretty uh, bold statement there and and like i put him
6: right there with G-Roy and Milt and Alan Pitts and on and on we can go. I mean, think first of all, he played over a 100 games. And you know what, Ballsy? He caught at least one ball in every game. Like, he was involved all the time. Career receptions, career receiving yards, fourth all-time at the BC Lion. And you think about the greats there, you know. G-Roy and uh, Swervin Mervin and Jim Young and Manny Arsenault. And... Like again including last year five straight years of 1000 yards that include 965 of a 1000 in a 14 game season um and he led the CFL in catches last year like he just he made the difficult sometimes the impossible just look so routine and in a position where every receiver seems to like to the pound their chest and make it about them Brian Burnham wasn't that He was the old Barry Sanders, just kind of hand the ball off and and on on to the next play, on to the next catch.
1: I love it, man, and tough, too. The guy came back from a couple of injuries this year to finish out the season. He was tough for sure, and you can can see why. Okay, but this is a big blow to B.C. If they lose him, who, as you just uh, appropriately put, was part of the furniture, part of the decor, and then they lose the Ferrari in the garage, Nathan Rourke. It's a big blow to the B.C. Lions.
6: Huge blow to the BC Lions, and look, the, the conventional wisdom has always been that, okay, an American receiver is very replaceable, but Brian Burnham was not just... Look, I know Lucky Whitehead's the home run hitter, and I know Hatcher had over 1,000 yards, and Rhymes had over 1,000 yards, too. <sighs> Brian Burnham was the OG of that receiving core. He was the OG of that offense. He was the heartbeat, and when... When Nathan Rourke got hurt, Brian Burnham helped keep that whole thing intact. Um, this, this is a huge blow to them. And I wonder how different their offense may become if Rourke's out and if Burnham's out. Do they kind of adapt the way Kansas City has, for instance, this year? When they lost Tyreek Hill, the deep threat who can stretch the field, it's been a a different kind of offense for KC this year. I wonder if BC does a little bit of that next season, too.
1: How do you feel about this Rourke thing? I had uh, uh, Julio Carabatta on the show a little earlier on, and he was saying, you Who's know. The best? Um, we love
6: uh, Julio. Yeah,
1: he, I, love, I love Julio, too. You work with him many uh, times. He said, I don't know if it's a slam dunk that Nathan Rourke's gone. I'm not saying he's not gone, but you'd like to think if he's worked out for Minnesota and this team and that team that other teams wouldn't want uh, to see him get away if quarterback is such a tough position to find. So uh, I don't know if we can read into that or not just yet, that he's still bouncing I- around all these workouts. My
6: my take on this, Ballsy, is unless Rourke is going to get offered 150-200 to sign relatively soon, the smartest thing Nathan Rourke can do is wait. How many more coaches in the NFL are going to be fired by the it's end half. of the season? Like, Tennessee is the division leader, and they just fired their GM today. So you look around the league right now and you say to yourself, "Okay, you know, for instance, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if you're who look Indianapolis is a great, you know, it was a great example to bring up. They fired their coach midseason. They have an interim coach who says, I don't know what the future holds and they don't really have a quarterback at all. What are they going to do? Who's going to be there? Um, I doubt Houston fires LA. their coachy, even though they're a grease fire. Go ahead.
1: L.A. here, Baker Mayfield sure. is going to get. He got picked up by the Rams, and he could play on Thursday. The game we're going to watch here with the sports cage listeners. Come on, the guy, the guy's just going to be airlifted in and play.
6: New Orleans. You know, they're a mess yeah. with their quarterback situation. Is Dennis Allen a one-and-done as head coach? Carolina needs may need a new coach. Matt Rule fired Steve Wilkes, takes over in an interim role. My point with the coach is, if you sign now and there's a coaching change, well, the new guy coming in didn't pick you. So unless you've signed for enough, that's going to give them a reason to have to keep you there. Um, It doesn't make any sense right now for Nathan Rourke to sign somewhere unless there's a real assurance that that coach is going to be in that chair next season.
1: So we're short on time here. You're going to come on tomorrow because uh, tomorrow afternoon, Canada's Athlete of the Year will be determined. My first question is, how prestigious of an honor is this?
6: I actually believe it's the highest individual honor for a Canadian athlete to win. It was previously called the Lou Marsh Award. It's now being renamed mm-hmm. the Northern Star Award. You know, it is it. It is, it is the, for, for, for a Canadian athlete, It is it is incredibly prestigious. And over the years, it's amazing how humbled some of the winners have been. You know, Bianca Andreescu, when she won the U.S. Open, how much that meant to her. Laurent Duvarney tardif um, in the COVID year, wins the Super Bowl for KC before the pandemic hit. He was so excited because he shared it with Alfonso Davies to call Alfonso and say, look what we did together. And I think it's one of the um, real great awards. There's, there's a bunch of athletes, male and female, individual and team up for it tomorrow. And we have a great conversation about it. My favorite part, about the whole conversation is that there's no wrong answer. Everybody yeah, in that conversation is worthy of being recognized as one of the great athletes for the year.
1: Now you pointed this out to me. Usually it's in an Olympic year and it's a slam dunk for a gold medalist, but that's not the case this year.
6: It isn't. I mean, Brooke Henderson won a major this year. You know, she won another LPGA tour stop. She finished top 16 in, in all five majors. She's in there. Felix Oje-Aliathin, the tennis player, won four tournaments Is mm-hmm. top six in the world right now. He's in that conversation. He'd be my choice. How about Shea, Like, and I, and I don't think he's going to win it, Shea Gilgis alexander mm-hmm. averaging 31 points a game in the NBA this year. Andrew Wiggins won a title. How about your buddy Connor McDavid, who wins the Art Ross yeah. and averaged better than two points a night through the entire playoffs on the road to the conference final? Um, i got to ask O-me- you this before I let you go. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, I gotta ask you this before I let you go, okay? Sorry for cutting you off. Because I had I tried to get to the bottom of that sham of a Heck Crichton vote that Nate Mason Nice got ripped off on and I could never get to a bunch big of bunch yeah, of big, big sham. Bunch of mojo, uh, you know, mumbo jumbo people are trying to pass off to me. Pat me on the head, go away, ballsy. So I gotta ask you this. You've been voting on this panel for a number of years. How does this work?
6: This is how this works, and this is how it has worked, and tomorrow I'll explain how it all shook down this year. Effectively, there's about 25 or 30 of us who usually we get together, but it's still virtual this year, from all over the country, from Halifax to Vancouver, sports media people, and everybody nominates an athlete and you talk about that athlete and you talk different people chime in about that athlete. And after about ninety minutes of chatting about all the different you know, twenty, twenty five real big names, um, everybody votes their top five. And the the top five athletes who get the most votes will be the finalists. Then there's more conversation about just those five. And then you pick either one or two, usually just one athlete of the five finalists, and whoever gets the most votes wins the
1: whole thing. Nice. Well, we can't wait to catch up with you tomorrow, Rash. Really appreciate your time, okay? All right, boys. Enjoy LA. Yeah, we're going to tonight. Yeah, right. uh, that'll do it for our time here in Los Angeles. But when we come back on the other side, we're going to uh, hear an interview we did with Logan Ferland, Our profiles feature from earlier in the show as uh, we uh, talk uh, football and life with the uh, Rough Riders offensive lineman Tonight, Zinger and I hosting a party over at the Honda Center, like kind of like Drake. That's the other good story. We'll tell that <laughs> oh, one yeah, tomorrow yeah. about Drake. That's kind of <laughs> funny what he did, the Canadian rapper. Uh, that'll do it for our show, brought to you by Saskatchewan. Susqueh- Lotteries, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow from Killarney's, uh, the uh, bar down uh, near
0: Huntington Beach here in California. Talk to you. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
1: Thanks for taking time out of your schedule joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. How are you today, my friend? Uh, great, thanks. How are you doing? Good, man. How do you like the cold weather? I'm not rubbing in. I'm in LA. It's not like it's 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 very warm, but it's uh certainly. I heard it's supposed to get to minus 50 tonight. Are you like a winter cold weather guy?
3: You know what? I don't mind it. Uh, growing up here, it just something to get used to. And I, you know, I was up north in Melfort, you know, for a lot longer, so really got used to yeah. a little bit more wind, a little bit uh, a little bit colder weather up there. So coming down here sometimes almost feels like summer.
1: Yeah, were you like a snowmobile guy did you do skiing any outdoor stuff like that? uh we had a
3: couple sleds on the on the acreage and you know we'd put around on there but other than that not too much we'd go to Wapiti Ski Hill there and outside of Gronlid and here and there but i wasn't uh I wasn't a regular every weekend you know kind of skier,
1: but every once in a while. Yeah, I uh, I always got uh, scared of ski. I'm not a big ski guy. I just didn't think my knees could handle it. I've I've never actually skied one time. I think it didn't end well, so I kind of got shied away from that. Um, what did you do in your downtime here after uh, after the after the season? What, uh, what did you do? I
3: headed up to BC. I got uh, my girlfriend's up there, and uh, so I got some family up there, so I, I went up there just to get out of town and and. Uh, you know kind of get a get away for a little bit and i'm um, just back in Regina back to work and uh continuing the uh regular off season
1: yeah so what does uh, your off season look like logan Ferlin, in terms of working out do you work out by yourself do you have a, do you do you go with uh coach clint to work out do you have your own personal trainer
3: i do have my own personal trainer um and uh, i i tend to go with um with him uh quite regularly in the off season you know it keeps me it keeps me pretty busy between between uh personal trainer and work and just trying to figure out that schedule and you know just just try to keep the weight on in between as well and meal plan and it's uh it's a tough thing but uh i, I managed to to get it done
1: logan what do you uh what do you uh play at like what's your ideal playing weight
3: so I like to stay around three hundred five, any anything under three hundred and I'm I feel pretty light out there. So I think with my frame I could could maybe throw another 10 ten pound ish, so you know, I'd be happy if I was about 315, but uh, for now, you know, last season I was about 305 on the field.
1: What's a good cheat meal, Logan Furlan? Give me a good Logan Furlan cheat meal. Maybe I'll whip one up here in LA. Oh man, I used to
3: uh, right after a workout I go I go smash a a family combo for me and W. I could I could crush <laughs> that pretty good. So if you could if you could manage that, then I'd be pretty impressed.
1: No, I can't do a family couple. It's, it, you know, we've talked about this before, you and I. It's, uh, it's an interesting position because it's the only pre- uh, position where you give up your own body for the glory of somebody else. That's, that's your job. Your job is to protect the quarterback, to, to block for a running back, to just, uh, give your body up for somebody else and, and, in the off season, you have to. Let's be honest. You have to do some unhealthy things, like you just mentioned, in order to put that weight on, so you're in a position to do what I just described.
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, you try to you try to make it as healthy as possible, but it's being through over 300 pounds isn't isn't a natural weight. You know, unless you're unless you're a genetic freak that's just pretty solid at that weight. But for the most part, you try to keep it healthy, but it's uh, it's definitely an unhealthy position to be in no matter what um you know so you try to try to put on as many healthy pounds as you can and hope to maybe shave those off after after the career is over but for the most part just try to eat whole foods most of the time and hey. try to keep it uh, yeah. a little healthier
1: what do you take from your season how, how do you think you did personally logan and what what maybe do you want to do better next year uh, me
3: personally I've, I've watched most of the games you know, again, after the season. And um, there's there's a lot of, you know, technique I need to work on. I, I had a back injury there, so... I really need to focus uh-huh. on getting that 100% healthy again before I really get really heavy into the weights and just focus on the little things. Uh, me being a little lazier on my on my rehab with my back ended up uh, really affecting me, I think, during parts of the season and, you know, obviously missed a couple games because of it. So that's, that's obviously a big point I need to work on. And as far as... Um, you know how I did I think I did all right but you know there's goals that that weren't achieved as there are every year and uh, it's about just resetting and, and finding yourself again and um, coming back next year with a with a stronger approach.
1: Well, my girlfriend won't agree, but I do. I'm a good listener, so I picked up on something like this. Uh, y- you uh, you said lazy in your rehab, but uh, can you maybe expand on that for us? It just maybe you didn't do it uh, as as diligently as you should have? Is that kind of what you meant?
3: Yeah, like you know, I ha- I've had this lingering issue for a little bit, and just continuing with proper core exercises I need to do every morning. And you know, sometimes when mm-hmm. when you're when you start feeling better and that. Uh, in whatever's injured, um, you tend to let off a little bit and, and be a little more lazy when it comes to actually keeping up with your morning routine or, you know, whatever it be. So that, that's all that happened. I just I just got out of my exercises, and uh, it kind of came to bite me bite me in the butt later on. So keeping up with those exercises, no matter how I'm feeling, um, is definitely going to be a focus.
1: You seem to have a great ability of taking uh, criticism with a gra- with a grain of salt. Like, you, you know, you, you hear it from the fans, you hear it from some media, uh, you know, but those people have never uh, walked a mile in your shoes trying to consistently block a 300-pound man in front of you uh, who has bad intent, bad and violent intentions, with a back injury? So, uh, you know, how do you how do you uh, take uh, take that with a grain of salt? Because it isn't easy, and is isn't easy in today's day and age with social media and everything like that. Yeah,
3: it definitely comes with the position. Um, I mean, being an offensive lineman is the most selfless uh, position on the field. You just learn you learn to roll with the punches throughout the years, and I've learned a lot about taking accountability and for my actions or even others' actions. So you know, whether whether it is my fault or you know maybe somebody else to blame, it that really doesn't matter. You know what matters and the mature thing to do is just to move on you know, take accountability for what you did or even what you didn't do all your energy and all that negative energy coming at you into, uh, into a positive twist. So, um, just staying positive and, and keeping that, uh, that mindset. And you know what, sometimes it, uh, ends up being a positive thing because all that negative energy people send your way end up uh fueling the fire a little bit so you know sometimes it it ends up being a
1: good thing proud moment i don't know if you went to the game but proud moment i'm sure as a former uh, regina thunder player to see your team win the pfc and then get a chance to compete for canadian Bowl on home turf didn't end the way that uh thunder alumni want but i'm sure that's a proud moment to see your team back in the big dance
3: yeah it's you know it's a it's been a long time coming and and i know they're gonna they're gonna have that fuel in the tank for next year and um it's it's a slow process but you know they're really building that culture there and i know that's what what those guys are really trying to do and that was the goal you know of that that coaching staff when i came in and it's crazy the leaps and bounds they've came from from when i've when i've been there and um they they really should be proud and um not just proud of what's what their final result is each year, but but proud of the culture that they're building there. and It's the number one place in Canada for a junior program to go to, and it's it's really starting to show.
1: Hey, uh, a couple more minutes with you, and I appreciate you taking time. Um, so anybody I've talked to uh, football-wise, uh, Dan Clark, whoever, they say your work ethic is second to none. You're one of the first guys in, one of the last guys out, and I know you do work with your hands in the offseason. Yeah, okay, wait a minute. Is it Furlan frame and finishing or how's that again?
3: Furlan's framing to finish. Is my uh my there
1: husband. you go, framing to finish. Yeah, awesome. So, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that work ethic from?
3: I got quite a bit of it from my my dad. Actually, uh, he passed away when I was when I was fifteen. Um, very kind of suddenly, just from cancer. And um, you know, that's that's. I really didn't have. It was it was in some main stages of my life. You know, when that happens, you're 15 years old. Yeah. And you're just kind of learning what it is to be a man. So the main thing I took from him was hard work and hard work beats talent no matter what you're doing and he was a very hard worker and at that time you know I'm not I'm not a very emotional guy so I I really uh yeah my work ethic and just from how I turn that emotion into something else so I took I took that you know crisis in my life and I went to the gym and that's that's how I got over it and that's uh, well, you never truly get over it, but you know that's that's how I dealt with it. and uh, that's I think really what shaped my work ethic from when I was young was was that happening to me. so, I think it's just all a matter of perspective and, and how you view things.
1: It's great, man. It's great to hear, not that your dad passed away, but it's great to hear stories behind the scenes because when you, when you see a guy put on a jersey and he's out there blocking or maybe not blocking or not doing what you think is a fan, it's it's interesting to hear stories behind the scenes because then it takes away that whole robotic thing that we think of when we think of athletes, right? Nobody cares that you're having a bad day or you lost a family member. Just go block somebody or go catch that pass or go score that goal i don't care because i paid my ninety two hundred four hundred dollars to to watch you play but logan who is nobody replaces your dad but who was your father figure did you have one after that
3: my older brother it kind of it, it did change into that um kind of dynamic quite a bit we didn't we didn't get along too well you know in, around that age but um as we both matured at uh It really changed our relationship so my my oldest brother there he's been he's always been uh, an inspiration to me and and really uh, you know was kind of that father figure in my life and when he wasn't I just kind of clung on to anyone that uh, showed me the ropes I mean construction was the first real job i had out of high school as well and or in high school you know that really really shaped who i was just the crew that i was working with and, and the people that i was around so to give you a solid answer i'd say my brother but i also just took as much as i could from from each each uh person that i worked with
1: all right so we're gonna let you go give your business a plug give it a plug tell them where they can get a hold of the big logan Furlan if they want to talk some football and if they want to get some uh, work done by you
3: Oh, I don't even know if I need any more work here, but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> you're framing so good. You don't... Oh, I know, right? Yeah. For framing to finish, you can uh, you can get at me at three zero six nine two one three nine eight eight. If if you're needing uh, any carpentry needs from framing to finish, uh, I'm your guide. So I'll try to I'll try to sneak you into my schedule and and maybe get you an autograph if uh, you know if if it all works out. So.
1: That's awesome. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. Hey, I appreciate your time. Great job this season man take care of that back make sure you don't cut any fingers off doing the work because we need you back next year okay all right thanks for your time
0: today's sports cage has come to a close miss a segment download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca get your sports straight from the source 620 ckrm